Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. Good evening, SFL Nation. It's your favorite GM, Nelson Lozano, here with you guys tonight. Uh, this week has been quite a busy week, uh, quite eventful for me, so it's really nice to be able to just sit back, relax, have folks here, listen to the show. And again, if you're joining us again, I appreciate you being here. If it's your first time listening, well, hey, welcome. I hope you enjoy the show. Uh, we're going to go over scores. It's going to be a little different tonight on how we're going to go over scores, uh, simply because I don't have the actual scores themselves, but we will talk about who won the game, uh, who lost their games, and then we'll be speaking about uh, the leaderboards, uh, people in their respective categories, the, the top people in those categories, and then we'll be speaking about upcoming games. So again, uh, thank you again for joining me tonight, and let's get started with League News. So we have uh, the uh, the games that... Um, that were on were quite eventful, right? I think it was, it's, it's always, again, it's very difficult to say exactly who's going to win, but I think there were some surprises. Um, so let's kind of talk about some of the games. So we have Queen City at Denver, uh, where Denver ended up winning, continuing their winning trend on losing one game this season. Uh, we have Arizona at Carolina, where uh, Carolina won this game. Or actually, you know what? I think this actually might be, yeah. So uh, we have Atlanta at Tulsa. My fault. I thought I was reading the wrong stuff. Uh, Atlanta at Tulsa, and where uh, Atlanta won the game against Tulsa, which was really huge. Uh, we have Baltimore at St. Louis. Uh, that was um, a huge game as well, uh, where uh, Baltimore ended up winning the game. But again, St. Louis always puts up a, a fight when you see their game. Chicago at uh, Las Vegas. We have Vegas winning that game. We have uh, Mexico City at Lone Star. Uh, that was uh, actually Lone Star winning the game. Uh, it was a really close uh, who you got with uh, 92 Mexico City and 94 to Lone Star. We have Vancouver at St. Sioux Falls. Uh, that one where Sioux Falls won it. Um, we have uh, Florida at Portland where, uh, unfortunately, Florida went ahead and, and took the win on us, um, which we're preparing for the next next game. Uh, we have uh, Fort Worth at Charleston where Charleston ended up winning it. Uh, we had Houston at London, uh, where uh, Houston ended up winning it. And then we have Louisiana at Jacksonville, where uh, Louisiana, another team who is, I don't want to say undefeated, but has a win streak going on currently uh, that's tied with Denver at uh, winning their game against Jacksonville, which I know is a very, very huge opponent. And again, like I always tell folks, it's very hard to call these games. And that's a great example of one that really uh, to call out. And Louisiana is having quite an amazing season so far. So let's talk about uh, some of the leaderboards. So top passing, we have Brian Dynasty, who came back. He was number two last week, came back and took uh, number one, a rookie. Congratulations, uh, taking the top quarterback uh, this uh, week with, in top passing. We have Matt Wilson of Mexico City Aztecs. Uh, at number two, we have A.J. Caswell at Cor- uh, Queen City Corsells. I have Sully Richardson of the Carolina Skyhawks and Josh Miller rounding them out uh, of the Denver Nightwings. Those are your top passing quarterbacks. Uh, we have top receiving uh, Mike Daggs representing for the tight ends of Mexico City Aztecs. We have the Ga- uh, Gabriel Manning. Sorry, not the Gabriel Manning, but 
We might as well. He's been killing it. Gabriel Manning of Tulsa uh, Desperados at number two. We have uh, James Matthew Jr. Of course, uh, Queen City Corsair is coming for a tight end. Hey, I appreciate it. A fellow tight end over here taking number three. We got Ivory Irvin of the Baltimore Vultures at number four. And then we got Leroy Brown of the Houston Hyenas rounding that off, a wide receiver from Houston. Um, we have top rushing this week, continuing his dominance and continuing week on week. Top rushing registrator of the Louisiana uh, Revolution is uh, number one with, like I said, a huge margin. I do want to share that he's at 1,754 yards. And the next person, who's Robert Redford, who's a great, another great running back of the Vancouver Legion, is at 1,107. So you can see that registrator is having a, mon- a monumental season so far, and really has attributed to uh, Louisiana's su- success this uh, season. We have Colin Hart. Of Sioux Falls Sparrows uh, at number three, we have um, Gerard McChesney uh, at, uh, at the Denver Nightwings at number four, and then we have Warren Murray of the Houston Hyenas rounding us off at the fifth top rusher. Top defense, I want to recognize again, close friend of mine, uh, middle linebacker Mel Davis, uh, as well as taking the number one spot from uh, Goldie uh, Broach. I'm sorry, Brody Goat. And uh, having a huge margin with there at his 107 total tackles to Brody Gulch's 103. Uh, and Mel Davis is of the, the Portland Fleet, the team that I'm with. And then uh, Brody Gulch's with the Houston Hyenas. We got DJ Majesty of Tulsa Desperados rounding it off at number three. And uh, all three of these gentlemen are linebackers. We have Josh Reese of Charleston Predators, as, uh, the free safety for them at number four. And then we have Lincoln Kingsley Sr. of Lone Star Glory. Uh, safety uh, rounding it off at number five top special teams so recognition to these uh, folks who are contributing in special teams we have Art Vanland of the Portland Fleet so congratulations Art for continuing your trend of being on the top Gabriel Manning at number two and recognizing him he's a leaderboard in two different areas so definitely have to give him credit for that I have uh, Cameron Curtis of the Fort Worth Toros sorry uh, rounding off number three Shay Carroll number four of the Carolina Skyhawks and Ryan Owens of the St. Louis Gladiators, which, fun fact for folks that are listening, is also our, our uh, wide receiver, Connor Weston's twin brother. Uh, top kickers. Um, we have Kramer Jackman, who's been continuing the trend of continuing 100% and taking the lead when it comes down to attempts, but also makes 100%. We have Otis Boudreaux, um, a rookie this year of the Las Vegas Fury, at number two with 25 attempts, but we have an 88% um, percentage when it comes down to uh making it uh we have uh shark tartan of the uh baltimore vultures at 100 percent 21 to 21 uh, another gentleman who's been in the 100 clubs we have anthony cc of jacksonville kings at 100 percent at 21 21 so tied with shark uh, and then we have amanda moyer of uh the charleston predators at number five at 100 percent and 20 of 20 so again great job we need the kickers definitely put some points on the board um so thank you to you folks for what you do we have the upcoming game so on saturday september 19th we're gonna have las vegas at atlanta and that's at 3 p.m eastern on 11 sports and twitch we have uh, mexico city at tulsa at 5 p.m on 11 sports and twitch we have fort worth at louisiana and that's at 7 p.m on twitch and then we have denver at chicago at 7 15 on youtube so Again, for folks who are like, there's two games, 15 minutes apart. Yeah, 
right? That we definitely are going through that. But I'm gonna tell you, it's really fun because you get to watch all the action go back and forth. It's really fun to watch both games. And then again, great commentary that comes with these games as well. Sunday, September 20th, we have uh, Carolina at Houston at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time uh, on 11 Sports and for the fans. Uh, we have Lone Star at Queen City. That's at 4.30, and that's on 11 Sports and for the fans. We have Vancouver at uh, Arizona at 6.30 p.m., and that's on 11 Sports and for the fans. We have Charleston at Portland. That's at 9 p.m., uh, and those on Twitch, so my Portland fleet will go against the Charleston Predators. Uh, London at uh, St. Louis is at 9.15, uh, and that will be on YouTube. So those are your games for Sunday. And then for Monday, uh, September 21st, you're going to have um, Sioux Falls at Baltimore at 7 p.m., and that will be on the 11 Sports and for the fans. And then we have the crowd play game of the, of the week, which is Jacksonville at Florida, uh, the Battle of the Sunshine State, right, at 9 p.m., and that will be East eastern time of course uh and that will be on the 11 sports and for the fans so again we talk about crowd play every time that we are on the show what is that that is basically an app that you're going to be using to interact during the game stats i'll ask you questions things that you have to figure out from there and uh basically it gives you a way to interact now the cool thing is even if you don't get the right answers or you're not 100 percent um you know knowing what the the stats actually are you still get uh you know, kudo points for that. You can use those points and redeem them for other things. And wish some. And if you are, if you actually do guess it right, get opportunity to win some cash prizes. So, I think it's really cool how it interacts. It gives you more um, attention to the game. And I think it just makes it very interesting and it has you really uh, engaging in a, in a different type of way you don't really find in other sports, right? So, if we were to talk about the games, you know, I'm looking up. Looking forward to you. Of course, no Charleston at, at, at Portland will be very huge. Um, I tell you, it's very difficult to choose any kind of games. I think Baltimore versus Sioux Falls is a very interesting game there uh, where Baltimore has defeated like Denver, where it gave Denver their first loss. So I think, again, great team. Love to see what Baltimore ends up doing. The Sunshine State game is going to be very good as well. Um, I, th- I think it's very hard to see what's going to happen, um, but... Again, some of those key games that are coming out, I think, will be very interesting. And again, I always say it all the time. It's very difficult to say who's going to win and who's not, simply because each team, you don't know what to expect, but everybody comes out uh, ready to play, and you see those every week. So without further ado, I do want to go ahead and start welcoming my guest tonight, uh, the halfback for the Ottawa Calvary, Kevin Say. Kevin Say, how you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I'm great. You know, um, this week was a little of a of a of a I don't want to say a difficult week, a challenging week with some uh, things at work and whatnot, and, and, and support of my family. Uh, that Friday is kind of like a me time, and it, it gives me an opportunity to do something I really love. So um, I'm doing I'm doing great. But again, this is about you. Thank you again for making the you know adjustments to be here um very interested to see like i was telling you off show and uh, you know we were discussing in the chat um that you know you recently have been coming up a lot and for good things right you just got um scouting with uh fort worth so congratulations there um thank you no worries and again we uh, we were talking about ratings right so you are the number one uh halfback coming out 
you know, of the minors. And we were talking about some of the great things you were able to accomplish your first year in the minors. And um, again, thank you again for just making the adjustments to be here. Um, but Kevin, why don't you share a little bit about yourself and who you are? Who's the person behind the player? And, uh, you know, who who makes Kevin say? Well, uh, I'm 47 years old. Uh and I've been, ooh, when I think about it, married for 29 years now. I met Congratulations. my wife, Cynthia. <laughs> Thank you. I met my wife, Cynthia. She was in, man, this is going back. She was in fifth grade. I was in seventh. Uh, oh, wow. We pretty much, yeah, we pretty much been a couple since she was in ninth and I was in 11th. Uh, wow. We got married. I just turned 18 years old. She was 16 at the time. We've been married ever since. Um, we have three beautiful kids, a uh, set of twins, and uh, my last son just graduated high school this past year, and he's over at the University of South Florida now. And wow. I have four four great-grandchildren also. Well, not great-grandchildren, but great as in they're good grandkids. Yeah. <laughs> I understand that. I understand that, and and it's amazing, right? I I think again, uh, meeting husbands who have been with their wives for so long, it's been amazing. Myself, you know, I've been with my wife for eleven years. We've been married for two, um, but it's been amazing. It's been fun. That she's my best friend, and I'm gonna be honest with you. Eleven years have not felt like eleven years. Um, <laughs> yeah, it goes fast. It does go fast, you know. And we were just realizing that now, and. I had my anniversary on the 13th, so last week was my was my anniversary, and uh, it was a lot of fun. But uh, you know, to hear the story, and, and one of your sons actually is in the league as well, right? Yes, uh, Devin, he's uh, the middle son. He he's been in the league I'm about the same amount of time that I have. I think I believe he got in at the beginning of uh, around January, I believe, is when he joined also. Nice, nice. And, and I think it's really awesome when you get to share this experience with somebody close, right? Um, I'm sure this is a great bonding uh, for you and Devin, right? And um, Oh, definitely, definitely. And, and, I'm, and I'm very curious to know, like, so now that I know your son's involved and you are involved, what's the SFL story? Like, how did you get to this point where you're at now? You know, I, I, I just happen to... Uh... He flipping channels one day, and I saw the game on. I saw a game on. I believe it was Atlanta, and I don't even remember who else was playing. And I said, "Man, this is this is pretty neat." Uh, so I called my my boys, uh, the, the twins, and told them what was going on, and they started watching. Uh, and so I told them I was going to go ahead and sign up for it, uh, and so I did. And shortly after that, uh, my other son signed up. And we're still trying to get the oldest son to join. Uh, hopefully he will soon. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to tell you those uh, those stories, right? Like, we know the uh, the family that plays now. I don't know why the names forget me at the moment. Um, but uh, they, they have a, 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 a huge family that's involved in the SFL now. And it's really cool to see that. Um, I think, again, it, it, it shows that unity and it gives you something to talk about and bond over. 
if you haven't heard my story, you know, I, I found this league thanks to my friend, my offensive coordinator, you know, player, director, player personnel, and middle linebacker, handful to say, right? Uh, Mel Davis is who introduced me to the league. And uh, I think being able to share this with him, you know, doing this team experience together, playing football together has been quite memorable. And it has had us build our, our friendship uh, more, right? Because, uh, you know, our friendship has always grown because of football itself. You know, we're both Washington yeah. football team fans. Um, but when he introduced this to me, it created that bond and allowed me to build great relationships with other people as well outside of that. So uh, how close are you to getting your oldest son to uh, to sign up? Oh, I, I think I'm a lot closer now than I was at the beginning of the season. <laughs> the closer it gets to the minors starting, I believe he's uh, I believe he's going to join. So hopefully within the next week or so. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I'm very excited to hear when that happens. And uh, if he's not going to use his real name, maybe he, he can make the suggestion, like I said, Tevin Say or something <laughs> you know, of the unity uh, of the family, right? But before we get more into the player and yourself, and I actually am very curious to know how you got the nickname Moose, um, let's start with a fun fact. So share a little a fun fact about you that maybe uh, folks don't know. Ah, all right. I am a, a video game fanatic. I, I love playing video games. Uh, that's pretty much what I do in my spare time. Uh, and the fun fact is that I have owned pretty much every console uh, since they have been out, starting with the Odyssey from way back in the 70s. Uh, oh, wow. And I have pretty much, yeah, I, I don't do the handheld games, but pretty much all the consoles I have own every single one of them wow that's 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 quite incredible um i came into gaming around the nintendo the nes sega time right um and i think i only feast like only saw one time a an, an atari an actual atari system um oh. <laughs> yeah but you know that's where i started gaming so it's really cool to see because I, I've watched uh, on Netflix, they have a documentary talking about like the evolution of gaming and the consoles and everything else. And I think it's awesome that you yeah. got to experience that hands-on versus, you know, see, I have to watch it in a documentary and then kind of <laughs> go from there, right? So really cool that you had that. Yeah. Do you have any preferences when it comes down to specific type of games? Uh, as far as like sports and stuff like that? Yeah, are you more of a sports person or a platformer or like what what you know competitive? Like what what kind of gaming do you like to do? I, I'm mainly just sports right now. I, I I used to love the shooting games before and the uh, role playing games, but now I pretty much the only thing I play are for sports games. Nice, yeah. I I think I'm gonna be honest with you. There hasn't been a game that really caught my attention like that. Um. Slowly, I felt myself not gaming as much, and when I do game, I want to game sports-related games. Um, just because, again, it gives you a challenge. You're picking plays, and, and if you're into like the whole GM mode of, of football, then you kind of get that, that experience and whatnot, and it gives you an opportunity to do what we're doing on a day-to-day basis, right? Uh, enjoying a player, getting a team together, and seeing them be successful and whatnot. And uh, before, I don't want to spoil it, but, you know, you play for Ottawa, which is a contender of last year. And you were part of that contention team. Um, 
so it, it, it's again everything coming together it's it's amazing and it, sports games have have really brought that to life and that's the type of gamer i am so i relate with you on that um now yeah. let's elaborate the, the the nickname moose if you don't mind so how did the nickname moose uh come to be and what what made you say hey i have to have my uh my player have moose in, in his name yeah it's uh pretty much uh it all started uh back on the playgrounds when i was when i was little uh i've always been a little bit bigger than all the kids my age so i'd end up playing with uh all the older kids um and one of the games that we used to play other than you know the football baseball was a, a game i it's not politically correct now and i don't even know if the kids play it or i don't even know if they, they changed the name but it used to be a game called smear the queer uh, oh yeah, 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 they still. I feel like it's still called that, right? Because that's how I've always known. It. And uh, I'm I'm 31, so it's, it's oh, okay. not. Yeah, yeah. You know, there is yes, there is a, a age difference, but I grew up with that game, and um, I'm pretty sure most people do. I think they call it something else too. Um, I'm trying to remember, but that's how I was introduced to it um, as a kid. So I'm pretty sure that that is probably still there. It's not politically correct, we know, but. It is yeah. still a game that when you hear the name, you're like, oh, I know exactly what the game is. And it's not a, to be a derogatory game. It's to really be a very challenging game, especially if you grew up in neighborhoods uh, where yeah. Oh, yeah. not everybody had a, a, a football. <laughs> so if you were lucky to have a football, <laughs> uh, you wanted to take care of it, but you also wanted to play football. So uh, playing that game made it uh, challenging and fun. Um, and I don't know if you if you were in a state that snowed but if you ever played that game in the snow i'm gonna tell you it was oh, the yeah. most difficult game oh, in the yeah. world to it play was. in the snow you know we, we just play uh i used to always try to get the ball and uh, i mean i carry people on my back and uh so that's pretty much how they said i ran like a moose is how it came up so it kind of just stuck my brother called me moose and uh it's pretty much been like that ever since Ever since I can remember, to be honest with you. Now your player is opposite of a moose, right? Your your player yeah. moves like a gazelle. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think it's it's really cool to know. I, I really like when nicknames are used, and you know, getting to know how that how that came to be, and and how you moved it on to the player that you have on the field. And you know, I, I just think again, like we talked about a little bit off air, right? It's just how your player is very dynamic, and I just think moose, you know. When I first saw you, not even saw you play, but just saw the name first, I was like, oh, man, this guy's going to be, like, huge, right? Like, 6'5", you know, <laughs> coming through like a Derrick Henry. Um, but you weren't, but but like I said, your your uh, gameplay was very dynamic. It was very fun to watch. Um, and I know you were sharing uh, time with another running back, which, uh, again, it, it does escape me. Who was the running back at that time with you? Uh, that was... Uh... Oh man! Ooh, how could I forget his name? Just like that. It's okay. I didn't mean to put you on the spot, <laughs> but you did share time with somebody, right? And um, but when yeah, you would yeah. come into the into the games, I always told you 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 brought another aspect to the offense that if you did get the ball, you had big playability. 
And if you, regardless, if you touch the ball, whether you got a screen or whatever the case may be, you were very good at your player. So what made you, what attracted you to running back? Like what originally, was that something that you planned? Or, you know, there's some stories out there where people only chose positions because it was what was readily available. Like what attracted you to running back? Well, as I said a little bit earlier, I was always one of the bigger kids uh, for my age. Uh, You know, a lot of kids, they want to run the ball, catch the ball, be quarterback, throw the ball, whatever. Uh, But unfortunately, I never got the chance to do that because, you know, as being one of the biggest people, automatically offensive line and defensive line. Uh, That went from Pee Wee Wee, uh, all the way up to high school and you know I, I grew a little bit more and by the time I got to high school I, I you know I accepted it I was uh 280 pounds then and you won't see many running backs that size anyway <laughs> high school so yeah and I, I played tight end I played uh fullback and running back was the only position that I never got to play so yeah. when I saw the SFL, I said, you know, I'm a, I'm a try running back. And so last year, when I uh, was the running back, uh, I, even though I didn't get drafted, I said, you know, I'm gonna go back to the minors one year, see if it uh, happens then, and if not, then I'll, I see what, you know, play another position then. But that's, that's why I wanted to play running back. It's something I never got to do. Yeah, and I, I think that's what's always cool, right? Like. For myself, I never got an opportunity to get on a, a professional, well, not, let's not even say professional, an organized team, right? Um, I, I did play, like, outside. It, it, I, I did try to play, like, with the community. It was, like, a community team, but they weren't, like, you know, high school or, you know, more organized sports. Because of my height, I was always the opposite. I was always the short one, right? The short and, the, you know, the, the smaller one. So... I would be with my friends who were like one of my friends was six two, right? And he was a big guy. And yeah. another friend of mine was you know a little bit shorter, maybe six foot. Um, and he was, you know, two hundred some pounds as well. So we were walking and uh the the high school coach was like, Hey, you guys ever thought about playing football, right? He's like, I swear I see you on the line you know, I already signed a name where he could see these players play at, right? And then I'm kind of waiting yeah. for him to be like, you, you could, you could even try, you know, be, be something, a running back <laughs> or something. And he just completely ignored me, told them, hey, I hope to see you at tryouts. And I just sat there like, dang, you know, like, you really just squared me like yeah. that. Like, it was, you know, but I used to, my brother was, uh, was really into football. So he always taught me, you know, how to run routes, um, how to catch with my hands, not with my body. Um, and he taught me how to throw and timing and, and all those kind of things. So even though... I, I'd never played in those type of super organized sports when I did get to play in the community. Uh, like, you know, we had jerseys and helmets and everything, but when we got outside of that, it wasn't as organized. And then when we played, you know, in the neighborhood, uh, I was able to at least feel as close as my play, <laughs> like, you know, that I could actually play <laughs> in the sport. So it's really cool to know that you're able to live that dream of yours in the league, which, you know, for my player, same thing. I never got an opportunity, and I said, hey, you know, there's there's a couple positions I love. Like, safety, I think, is amazing just due to the, the teams that I love. Um, uh-huh. But, you know, it's, it's great to hear that, and that's why I chose tight end. I was like, hey, this is something I always wanted to do when I was growing up, and um, I modeled myself after Tony Gonzalez. So, for you, did you model your running back mm, after anybody? 
Yeah, he, he he is right, and I talk about it all the time. It's not so much that he was a great player, yes, you know, but it was also to the connection growing up being a Hispanic male in the United States. You know, we didn't have yeah. a lot of uh, of sports players who had Hispanic descent. So when to- when I saw Tony Gonzalez, I naturally gravitated to him, and I was like, man, this is a Hispanic male playing football um, and doing a, a a bang up job of it, right? And uh, yeah. did oh, you yeah. model you? Did you model your player after uh, any uh, uh, any type of player or anything like that? Yeah, actually, I did. I uh, I modeled mine not not the height wise and stuff, but uh, the attributes and stuff. I tried to get uh, Barry Sanders, one of my the, one of my favorite Ooh. running backs of all time. Um, and you know, I I really didn't know much about him. Uh, well, college, I I watched him in college, but he wasn't like on TV every week uh, where I live. But uh, but my Buccaneers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one of my favorite teams, and it seemed like whenever the Bucks played the Lions, uh, Barry would always carve them up. It seems like every uh, highlight tape is going to be the Bucks involved when it comes to Barry Sanders. So that I thought it liking him, and I respect the things that he. Uh, did off the field also I mean he, he does, did, really didn't talk trash he just treated the football like it was his job uh, and that I totally respect him for both on the field and off the field for it yeah and, and Barry Sanders was somebody who I felt like was relevant like he transitioned into those more finesse spectacular type of ankle breaking type of uh, running backs right yeah and i'm gonna tell you like watching his gameplay and it, it, it and to me i always felt like it was so undercut right like he him retiring and everything else it, i felt like it was an undercut situation but you know watching what i what i was able to see with lines and everything else it, it i think you chose a really good player to, to mimic your game oh, after yeah. right now yeah kind of going to uh uh not like did you consider any other type of like so when you came into the league and you were kind of trying to figure it out before selecting being a running back and and making that transition um did you consider any other type of positions other than running back if that if that position wasn't open at that time yeah i was uh i was thinking on the defensive side of the ball probably uh uh, D lineman or a uh, linebacker, something, something around there. Um, that's pretty much. That's pretty much all I ever played was the de- defensive line and offensive line also. But I wanted to be on the defensive side of the ball, so it was going to be if running back didn't work out, I was going to do D line or linebacker. Yeah, and again, linebacker, I have a soft spot for. Uh, as people don't always know, I played linebacker for Annapolis for uh, one one game. Uh, so linebacker, and, but in in season fourteen, I was a non contracted linebacker for uh, the New Orleans Pharaohs at that time. So um, linebacker is, is is a special place in my heart, um, and and I really do appreciate that role. Just being able to play it and kind of understand the importance of it and what it can really attribute oh, yeah. to a defense, right? Um, yeah. And that's really cool to know that those are some other options you were thinking uh, of playing if, if it wasn't the the role of, of running back. And I, 
you know, kind of not touching too much on the on the draft situation, but you know, again, that was a position that I thought that would be coveted by you. Um, and I know some teams try to seek you out for other roles other than being running back, yeah. but I'm really happy hearing that running back is a position you never really got to play growing up, that you're still able to con- continue that now. And, you know, you being the top-ranked running back this season, right, um, I, I definitely hope that you're able to continue that going into the majors, uh, being able to still live that dream of yours of being a running back. So, yeah. you know, now that we got through that portion of it, what did what did you what do you enjoy most about the SFL? Like I know you were scrolling through channels, you saw it, and it's it's funny, right? A lot of folks bring up the, um, uh, you know, bring up the Atlanta. I don't know what it is about Atlanta. Atlanta seems to always have the most people say. Uh, I watched the Atlanta game when I was scrolling through. I have yet to find many other teams. I think only one person said I saw the Denver game. But I swear to you, I'm, I'm gonna go back in my in my previous podcast to see if I hear it. But Atlanta, for some reason, just pops, and it's probably because of that blue and green, and you have that big hornet. You know, ho- hopefully it's a hornet, right? I, I hope I'm not offending anybody, but you know that big hornet uh, be there. It's it's very memorable. It's a very um, memorable logo and whatnot. But what did you enjoy most about the SFL? Like, you know, what did you enjoy? most when seeing it and then what do you enjoy most now being part of that uh being part of the uh the community ah uh, well the the thing i like most about it right now is just the, the camaraderie that uh with all the people that are in chat and everything because there are so so many people from all over the world people i would never have had the chance to meet before uh until I got into the uh, SFL, um, and that, that's definitely a big thing for me is uh, just meeting people and and talking to people and getting to know people, um, and it just just makes it a lot easier to actually blend into the community uh, because of that. And I think that's that's some a part that I I, I think I enjoy the most, right, with being involved it's the community right it's the people you get to enjoy yes you may not see eye to eye with everybody but we're all there for a common goal right we're all there to enjoy the the time there's competitiveness behind it i think you know if you hear back everybody's way of them consuming this product right i think is what pickler said was more of a product right which i see where he's coming from but there's different ways of consuming this product and each each his own is going to have their way of doing so and um, yeah. you know, knowing that the community is is, a, is the way that you really enjoy this, I, I think it's awesome. And I've seen your growth, right? I may not get to tell you the growth I've seen, but I've seen your growth with uh, and and don't if I'm wrong, I do apologize. I think it's, it's Sim Scouts is is who you're with right now. The uh, Epic Esports. Epic Esports. So with Cam Curtis and his and yeah. everybody there, which Cam is an amazing guy. We had him a couple shows back. Um, and I wanted to make sure I got it right that it wasn't, and I might have got confused because I think I'm thinking of a time that you were on Dave Access and Sim Sports was there and you were talking about a couple games, but that's your growth, right? That's your, um, you know, what I've seen you grow out of not just being this Ottawa, ha- you know, running back, but actually growing in this league and, and being more involved and 
you know, the concept around Epic Esports and what that's about. It's amazing. I think you're part of an organization that seems to be very innovative and is going to make, you know, headways in this esports community, right? Not just in the SFL community, but just in the esports community in general. That I think is it's yeah. great. Some of the things that you say, hey, this is what really stuck with me of the SFL. Now, what are your thoughts? We're just getting now we're getting kind of in the lower, not lower, but the minor side. Uh, what are your thoughts of the SFLM? Like, how did you how did you appreciate that first season? Because you are Gen One, right? Like myself, we yep. were the the test guinea pigs. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, what are your, what are your thoughts of the SFLM? And uh, do you see any kind of future? Like, what's what do you think the future holds for that? I think that uh, SFLM is a minus is a, a great was a great idea. Um, because it's actually getting getting people that are new to the to the league on the field. Um, like last year, we didn't progress or anything like that. Uh, we basically had the same person the entire year, uh, but it allowed us to get our feet wet uh, in the league. We got into chat rooms, so we looked, you know, we figured out how that works, and and it kind of uh, bonded a group of in Ottawa anyway, uh, kind of bonded us together. Um, you know, we, we wanted to see nothing but good things for each other in the draft, and we still follow up on each other uh, throughout the – since they've been drafted and everything, we still still keep in touch and chat and everything. Um, yeah. So the minors, I mean, it, it's definitely a great, great way to get uh, adjusted to the league. Yeah, I think I think it's a great transition, right? Like I, I talk about, yeah. and I've I've spoken with Cam before about not my gripes, but my experience the first season in the league, right? Um, I appreciate everything. Like I, I appreciate Xander Gold, you know, who's with Fort Worth now, but Xander Gold was my GM and my head coach in, on the Pharaohs, and um, he was the one that answered my questions and helped me out. And I hope I never annoyed him, but I always have to pay homage to him because he. <laughs> took the chance you know because i didn't know what i was doing i you know mel davis was sharing with me like hey try this do that write your introductory and make sure it really explains who you are that he took a shot on me and said hey you know i'll make you a non-contracted player and whatnot but i would say the transition wasn't smooth right i didn't really know what to expect i didn't know how the league worked so when i had when i was in a group chat with you know uh, a director of player personnel for the league it was something new to me. I was like, okay, do I keep this open? Do I not? You know, seeing them having conversations together and seeing what that really meant in that background, you know, portion of it. Mm-hmm. And, but I didn't, because I didn't contribute, right, in the sense of doing progressions and, yeah. you know, making that type of impact like I would want to, to get my player better. I felt like the engagement piece wasn't always the same. You know, Deezer Powell talked to me uh, once in a while, but most of the other teammates probably didn't even know that I was on their team, to be honest with you. But if they did, <laughs> um, you know, I appreciate them recognizing me. But the the, the engagement piece wasn't the same. And yeah. when the season was over and then I found out on top of that the Pharaohs got sold, it kind of made me take a step back and say, hey, do I really want to be part of this league? Because it, it, it wasn't what I expected. I didn't 
feel welcome that I didn't have a community where I felt like I was a part of something at that time, right? And it's nothing yeah, on yeah. Xander. Like I always tell a man, I always pay homage to you, but it was just the experience I had, right? That I really thought about hanging it up and then, you know, the miners came along and I got drafted, right? Like, oh, not drafted, but selected to be on Ottawa. and I mean, sorry, not Ottawa, on Annapolis, right? The Navigators. And uh, I see my name and everything else. And I was like, this is really cool, right? Like maybe I should give yeah. this a chance. And I, I was with Ben Jackson, who was on the show, uh, probably what, last, last week? Um, and got to meet him and, and he really helped me out a lot and, and at this time I was talking with Jacob and you know getting to know him and he was trying to help me out too to make this a, a smoother experience right this is prior for him knowing that he had a team or anything right so I had these two avenues that really helped me have that success and, and, and I felt like the SFLM helped me help others too not feel so alienated right um, gave them yeah. kind of a path to to be able to speak to somebody in the SFL, uh, give recommendations. If you know people contacted me, I could say, "Hey, go look at these folks on Annapolis. I promise you, they're great players." And gave me like this sense of, of community and understanding, and, and being playing with great people. And when I left, um, Jeff Gagne of the London Knights took over, right? And he did an amazing job. Uh-huh. Him and Eric Hammer did phenomenal as two linebackers who you know are now in the league. So I think yeah. the transition piece was, was really cool. And I, I think that's great for the league um, as a whole, because I feel like once you get into the SFL, you now know how to navigate those waters. And yeah. you don't feel yeah, so definitely. alone, right? You don't feel like you are kind of like trying to figure it out. Because if you jump into general chat, I always talk about this all the time. Those waters can get really murky. And if you come in on the wrong time, it can really it can really set you back. And and I and I feel like you don't have many not saying that many people aren't, there's great people out there who are ambassadors of this league and try to bridge that gap. But again, just like in any kind of product that's been around for a while, there's going to be those vets. And not all vets are welcoming, right? So yeah. I think the SFLM helped with that and helped with retention. It helped us find the right ways and, 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 and start preparing us for the basics of being in this league. Now, do you, what do you think the future of the SFLM will be going forward? Uh, do you, do you see it evolving uh, anytime soon? Ah, well, I can see it evolving. Um, like I said, it's definitely uh, a big part. It helped me out a lot. Uh, getting acclimated to the league and everything. Um, and especially for the new people, uh, you, you're right about that. If they get thrown into that general chat, it's like the, uh, the shark throwing blood in the water. Um, and, and, it, and it probably could turn some people off, but when you get into the, the minor league chat and then your, your locker rooms and everything, you're with a bunch of new people also. Uh, so you all are just basically learning together, and yeah. and that's that's one of the big things that makes the uh, minors uh, so great is that uh, you're learning together. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and I think that's that's the piece that's awesome, right? And then you build those relationships when you get your get to be on that team, uh, Kevin. That I, I think 
you know, you you have those relationships. And you even said it yourself, right? Like I, I told you, your Ottawa players, like Art, Gene, uh, Derwin, uh, you know, uh, uh, Shad Allen, Dakota Johansson, right? Uh, yeah. The, every all of them have really spoke very highly about you. Really say good things. And like I said, seeing your growth and seeing everything else uh, definitely shows why they, they really have that support for you. Now, what what has been your best SFL and memory? Um, you know, what, what what really stands out? Uh, the one thing, the personal thing that stands out to me was, was hearing my name called when I scored the first touchdown, the uh, first game. Uh, I never in a million years thought I would uh, I'd hear my name called on anything like that. Um, so it was it was just great and definitely uh, memorable to me. Yeah, and I, I think again for the folks that don't know the successes coming out of Ottawa, right? Um, we have a lot of Ottawa players in, in our team, and I, and I told you off air. I always felt like it's what that organization brought. There was a lot of playmakers, but there was a lot of impactful folks. And this this draft in general had impactful people. I think people who moved into positions of 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 uh, influence. And uh, it feels good to see these folks in in position of influence because it makes you feel comfortable, and you built that relationship with them in the minors. Um, so I think that it's again some great stuff and I don't think folks know that about Ottawa right that you guys had it and then you had some struggles but you guys bounced back uh, beat unfortunately my Annapolis Navigators to get into the championship uh, with Art's amazing dive catch and everything else in overtime oh, yeah. like, I think it's a, it's another great story and, and hearing from Derek how you know his side went and then hearing from you guys how Ottawa went and then me being part of Annapolis how that went right like that was an experience all on its own and even though that was only one game it stood out for me and really built that relationships with like i told you gagne hammer and and folks like that so i I guess now that kind of we got through the minor portion of it because i'm gonna tell you the minors have been great and they've been amazing and i and i think there's going to be more in the future that really helps the miners stand out a little bit more right yeah um do you what what do you now inspire to to do with the league like you got to be your running back now and like we talked about hopefully you will be on a, a major team uh soon enough rolling around into the next season or the next draft um but what do you inspire to do with the league uh right now i am uh I plan on doing some scouting. I, I don't know, one day maybe get into some offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Uh, but right now, I'm I'm just going to concentrate on the scouting, getting my feet wet with that. Um, probably about a week ago, uh, Cam Curtis uh, hit me up and asked me if I was interested in doing some scouting. Uh, and I told him, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm interested because I was going to do it with Ottawa this year. So yeah. uh, he got me in touch with Nacho on the, from the, the Toros, and he asked me if I'd be interested in uh, doing it with them for the rest of the season, doing some scouting. So I said, of course, anything to get my feet wet. Uh, yeah. 
And I'm just thankful that they gave me that opportunity because um, it's a lot, a lot more work than uh, one would think when you get into stuff like that. Uh, so I can just imagine what the offensive coordinator and everything else, defensive coordinator, what their job entails. But it's, it's a, a lot of work. It really is. Yeah, I think the preparation, and, and that's why I always talk about in, in games, right? Like, it's very hard for us to, for me to choose a game of the week or say, oh, this team is going to crush this team, right? Like, it's it's very hard because of the work I know what each coach and, and, and each coordinator and each person does, right, to, to help with that. I think, yeah. again, that's kind of what gave me that respect to say, hey, you know, I hope, you know, to really to see my coaches and everybody do the work and, and come together. I'm like, hey, whenever I decide to <laughs> want to do that, I understand what it really takes to to make that happen. And uh, I think always appreciating that and, and saying, hey, look, like there's a lot of hard work that goes in each week and you're respecting that. That's really huge. Um, what have you learned so uh, while being in the league? You know, this is your second season in the minors. Um, what have you learned so far that you would, you know, share with people or share with potential rookies or folks that, you know, honestly, I, I think another fun fact to share is that a lot of SFL people don't know how the SFL minors worked. There's a lot of SFL people involved in it, but they didn't know, like I found out, you know, some owners didn't know that we, pro- that we didn't progress, right? We built yeah. our player, we checked in, but those checking points were to be used at a later time. Yeah. We didn't understand too the whole supplemental rounds and everything else behind that, right? Um, but I think again, like in that whole experience and whatnot, like what can you say you've learned in, in this in this two seasons uh, in the league? Uh, probably the, the the greatest thing that I've learned is uh is, is patience that. I mean, everybody wants to see themselves go and play right away. Uh, and, you know, I was like that also. Um, but what the league has taught me and everything is that, that you have to be patient. Wait your turn. There there aren't a lot of slots that are open up in these, uh, whether it's quarterback, running back position, uh, whatever. Uh, you just got to wait your turn. Um, you just have to be patient and uh It'll come to you. If if it does, then there are so many other different areas that you can go into uh, player wise, as well as uh, staff wise also. Um, yeah. And that's one thing that Miners has has really taught me uh, is to just be patient, um, regardless of you know how fast we want something to happen right then. Uh, yeah. So, like you say, patience is a virtue. Yeah, definitely. I think that's that's a great thing to kind of uh, uh, share, right? And and speaking with you, like I said, right, you had a, a you were in you know you were a potential candidate in this in last season's draft, and uh, you know I know you had teams reach out to you because again your player played well, and and they were trying to figure out ways to get you on the team, right? Um, but I think you being patient out and holding out for, to stay at running back um, meant a lot, right? And and knowing the story behind yeah. it, everything, it means even more now to get to know that story, get to know that, like, why 
you ended up choosing that and staying in that. And and I think patience is key. It shows that when you, you know, for transparency, when we when we when we reached out to you to try to see if that was a possibility for you to you know change, uh, you were like, hey, thank you so much for reaching out. But I think I'm just going to continue again going to uh, the next season back in the minors and then uh, and see how it goes next next draft. So speaks volumes of it. And I think patience is a really good um, thing to share. Um, and uh, what opened up for you, too, thanks to the minors, let you know how you can contribute differently. Right. I think. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, I think uh, each everything's needed in the league. Right. So there needs to be a. Um, a content team there has to be a you know a stats team there has to be a, an announcer a broadcast team um, there has to be you know just all these things you know the the owners the coaches the you know everything that plays a factor to it um, and just kind of seeing that there, there's so many different avenues to contribute in this league it helps people feel that um, how do I put this that that that, that connection right and yourself yeah. finding different avenues to get that connection. It's really cool to see that. And I think folks hearing that, like, hey, you can do other things in this league, not just, you know, be a player or be a coach or be a GM or be an owner, but you could be part of stats. Or you could be part of, you know, the announcing team. And I just think it's awesome. Or, or you know, the beat team, right? Many people didn't yeah, know that there's a beat team that folks, yeah, that, that make the articles and everything else. It's, really cool what this league is is and what it allows people to do and i think uh i brought this up i think a couple podcasts back but speaking with ashley jackson right on uh this whole podcast platform right this live show podcast type of situation and i think uh for folks like herself and me we this wasn't really a thought right or or even thinking it was a possibility until we had something to really talk about and connect with people and we created these platforms for folks like yourself and, and other people in the same situation to connect and, and, and listen and, and get to know Kevin say, because, you know, they didn't get a chance to, or you guys don't play on the same league or whatever yeah. the case may be. Um, it's really cool to kind of see that and, and show folks other ways. And I think I'm going to not lie to you, right? Coach Cravens, Dave Axis, and, and, and Ashley Jackson really inspired me uh, to create this this show as its own. And, you know, thank you to Jacob, our owner, for um, allowing me, you know, again, showing me this tool and allowing me to use this tool uh, to get that yeah. out there. So I think, again, speaking to folks about it and sharing to them what's possible, really cool. And, and, and I like to always share a little bit about myself with you because you know for folks that don't know you know it's not like me and kevin are, are talk on a daily basis right but like i told <laughs> you i heard really great things about you and uh for you to make the adjustment to be here awesome to, to kind of get to know that so looking into you know you come from a strong organization in ottawa uh what is important to you when it comes down to an organization what are key things that are, are you need to see or you need to feel to be wanting to go to an organization or what are things that you are going to be looking at once the draft hits again? Well, the, the most important thing to me is uh, uh, a, a family type atmosphere. Um, that, that, that's pretty much what we had in uh, Ottawa. Um, every, pretty much everybody got along. We didn't really have any, any uh, 
cancers or anything in the locker room. And that, that plays a really big part. Because everyone's here, you know, I get on personally uh, the chat and everything uh, just to get away from the from normal everyday life. It, uh, I love mm-hmm. football. Uh, and that's why I get on here, just to enjoy myself and have fun. And that's the t- type of locker room that I, I'm looking for. Uh, just somewhere to go and have fun and get along and uh, meet new people, make new friends, and uh, and do things like that. That's the most important thing to me when it comes to an organization. Uh, win, winning, it, it it is what it is. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, we all like to win. Would I like to <laughs> yeah. win the championship game? Oh, yeah. But uh, it wasn't the end-all, be-all or anything like that. Um, you know, the because I, I get in this just to have fun and hanging yeah. with the, my teammates and everything else. That That's the most important thing, whether we win, lose, uh, or, or whatever. As long as we have fun doing it, that's the main thing. Yeah, and, and I think, again, um, having a sense of community, right? It, it's so different, right? So you're a Bucks fan. I'm a, a Washington football fan, right? We won't say the R oh, yeah. Um But, you know... <laughs> It's different with that, right? Like, you either meet people who are around, but, you know, you might be a, a same fan as me, but we may connect on that, but we may not connect fully, right? But in this league, yeah. it's a little different because you have the investment of your player, you have the investment of the organization, you have an investment of so many things, and you're doing this together with other people, and, you know, you you don't control anything. So that can, yeah. that, that bonding really comes as one. Yeah, the coaches put in the plays. Yeah, you know, the owner got everything to be organized or, you know, come together. And you got the GM really being the, the backbone to get, you know, the front office and getting the coaching staff and getting the owner and everybody on the same page, right? And and kind of yeah. helping move things along that, you know, you kind of realize that this is a great escape and you get more of that investment with this product because of everything that comes with it and I think Cam brought up a a good point and he didn't bring it up on the podcast but we've spoken before on the phone about this and uh, he kind of talked about making it realistic and making it real make it something you believe in right you won't believe if 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 they use real NFL teams if you ended up being on the Bucks and saying hey I believe Kevin Say is on the Bucks right you know that's not yeah. going to be true, right? You'd love to see it. That's your team. You wanted to play running back. Like, you'd love to see it. But you'll buy in more, and you'll create fan base with being part of the Ottawa Calvary, right? Yeah. And that gets you that buy-in, and that gets you those things. And then you meet people who also want to do, you know, whatever it is, you know, whether it's beat team or content, and you start building those friendships and the camaraderies, and you guys start finding common ground and then now boom these friendships come into fruition um i think it's cool right I yeah think it is again and you looking for that family aspect in an organization uh i think it needs to be key you got to feel connected to that team right you got to feel because you spend all season with them right and it's not like i mean yes you have two seasons in a year but it's still a lot of time right and a lot of investment. So you want to really spend that time with them and really build that camaraderie and one thing i appreciate is, is is the merging of this virtual world with the real world and uh 
and being able to share real wins. Uh, one of my players shared me something that really made my day, right? I had a really tough day that day. Um, can't remember exactly what happened, per se, because his, his news trumped all that. But um, he shared some really good news with me, and, and I took it as a win of my day. Even though my day was difficult when he shared something that was such a huge blessing and such a huge impactful thing for him as a person as well as in his life, his real life. As a Portland GM, as part of the front office, as part of the staff that chose him to be part of our team, it was amazing that he shared that with me, and I was able to celebrate that per, that 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 uh, yeah. opportunity for him together, right? And it's so crazy because we've had conversations and everything, and you know he's a great guy, really great guy, you know, um, and he was part of Ottawa too. I have a lot of Ottawa players, so I'm not gonna put him on blast. <laughs> But, you know, um, it was great. And I, and I took that in. And that's that family aspect you talk about, right? When when your family members yeah, are going through it or, you know, they have something great happen, you, you, you celebrate it together. And that's awesome. Yeah. Right? That's, what I, that's what I get on. That's why I do this podcast so I can do that and get to know people like yourself who you don't get the opportunity to because maybe you jumped on general chat when I was at work. Yeah, or you yeah. were. I was in general chat when you were asleep, right? Like we, you may not get like that. Yeah, right. Like you never get that opportunity to. But when I reach out to folks and everybody has a story, this you know, I either know about you some way or heard about you when you when you're part of this show and having you involved in it, you know, sharing your journey and your, you know, your story and everything. I, I always think of it cementing it in concrete. You're now talking about that and, you know, seasons later when you're like, hey, you know, let's, let's, let's revisit this moment when I was coming out, you know, I was in the minors my second year and me coming out later on and where, my, where was I at then and where I'm at now. I think it's a great um, milestone to really have and give folks the opportunity to do. And that's kind of been the concept of the show is just being able to do that and get to know people and, and really get to understand everybody's story coming to where they're at in this point in time so goals for yourself um i know you were talking about like hey seeing what how these coaches and everything but what's the ultimate goal for yourself like when when do you say hey this is exactly where i want it to be in this point in time like what is that for you ah uh, well the, the number one goal right now is is, is to get drafted uh that that is the number one goal. Uh, once I once I get drafted and make it to a team, uh, my biggest goal then is just going to be to uh, contribute uh, however I can, uh, whether it's with the uh, scouting or the uh, or whatever else it is. Um, I, I, I just want to help out as much as I can uh, and be there for the team that 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 I do go to. Um, so that that that's the number one goal right now is just to get drafted, uh, and then everything else uh, will will fall into place. Um, and then you know who who knows what the future is going to hold as far as um, uh, where I'll be. But I plan on being around for, for a long time. I can tell you that I'm enjoying mm-hmm. myself. It's it's enjoyable, and and you know uh, how quickly time kind of goes by too. Is uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Is crazy as well, right? Like you you were just in the minors a few months ago, right? And I felt like the minors yep. were such a great segue to in the off season. You know, it gave a platform for people like yourself to show the talents that you can potentially bring to uh to a team, but it also gave you an opportunity to uh uh you know, and still enjoy sports, right? Like the minors came at a really good time when uh COVID really the pandemic really hit, right? Yeah, yeah. And we were losing all these sports, and, you know, the SFL season just finished, and, you know, now we're kind of sitting here like, what's next? And then the SFLM comes out, and then we watch that, and, you know, it it, it fills a void, but it also helped me get to scout the people I wanted, Um, and it helped me build a relationship with people, um, because my focus this offseason was to get to know as many rookies as I could. Now, that was harder than I expected uh, because of so many great people that are out there and uh, if I never I always talk about if I never got a chance to talk to you on the phone I do apologize it's just new team you're trying to talk to everybody you can right so you give every rookie an opportunity to speak Um, but I'm also thinking too of who's who's now not the minority but the majority, which was a lot of rookies coming in. So I thought, hey, building those relationships with those rookies now will help me be able to build with you guys in the future. Whether we had a cross pass again or whatever the situation is, we could do that and you would say, hey, I always, I knew Nelson because he reached out to me my first year or he reached out to me when I had a really good game. And I wish I could have done that for everybody, right? I wish that it w- I didn't get to you so late. But um, again, you know, kind of kind of shares like what the SFLM really did, and it, and it gave that really good like in between point. And I think everything as a whole and what it ends up being is great. Do you have any future visions of this league? Like, do you envision this league going anywhere else, whether SFLM or SFLM or SFL? Um, what vision do you see us kind of progressing into or evolving into going forward? I will. I, I I think Tim has a. I mean, it's a great product going. Uh, and one thing I want to do is I want. I would like to definitely see it grow and uh, get out to more and more people uh, because this. I mean, it's enjoyable whether you're putting yourself in as a player or even just doing things as a fan, just getting in the chat. Um, I mean this. It, it is great, and I can definitely see it getting larger and larger. Um, and one thing, hey, if they can show the spelling bee on ESPN, this is definitely something that can uh, eventually make it there even. Yeah, and, and, and that's the part that I think is the next evolution is getting real fans, getting real people to enjoy this, right? Um, not just because you're playing in that game, but you actually want to see these teams win. You become a fan yeah. of Kevin Say, right? You want a Kevin Say jersey from uh, Sector 6, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I, that's where I want to see the league go. I want you to be able to turn off the game and then go into content and digesting the content that way. And, and getting immersed, not just as a fan of the, like, in the sense of a player of this game, but an actual fan. Just like I yeah. do for the Washington football team, just like you do for your, for your Tampa Bay Bucks. I think again that's yeah, a I, great evolution step for us. And I can see it uh, 
heading that way, to be honest with you, because it is, I mean, I, I got in in January. I mean, it has grown leaps and bounds since then. Um, so I, I can definitely see that it is starting to head in that direction, and uh, hopefully it'll continue. Yeah, I, I think it will, right? Um, I think there's things that we do that separate us from any type of other type of league, right? Um, but I think there's still, what's really great to see is that there's still some type of growth that needs to happen, right? Yeah. Um, very exciting to see. I think when you look at how long this product has been here, which was from 2013, right? Hopefully I got my facts right. Uh, it, can't always say it started even before that, but you know, with the name Simulation Football League was 2013 to now 2020. I think that's crazy to be part of this story. And we're 15 seasons in. And to know that we're part of that journey now, really cool stuff. Really cool stuff. And I yeah, think that is. will be what the future ends up being. And it, it, it's a coincidence, right? I do want to talk about a coincidence. So I actually was I actually was watching about Bruce Arian, Right. Uh, yeah. Just kind of a little bit off topic, but I do want to share because it, it kind of got me like, oh, crap. Like, literally this morning I was watching, or either this morning or last night, starting to gel together. Um, what's about Bruce Arians, right? Because I was like, why do these folks really talk about him so much? Like, who is this guy? You know, <laughs> has he even won a championship? Like, what? tell me about him. And I think seeing his story was really cool um, and, and how he got to be where he's at. Right, and I related with him in the sense of ne- never changing who you are. Right, unfortunately, mm-hmm. we get up in any type of business, right? Whether it's uh, uh, professionally or retail or whatever, it just like in in football, there's politics involved, right? And the thing that I yep. appreciated most from Bruce Arians was that he always said that he was going to be himself. Doesn't matter. When, when a team decided to take him, that they would take everything with that, right? That meant, like, you know, who he wanted as a staff, how he wanted to run the program, everything. And it's funny that you talk about the Bucks because now he, he's, he's the head coach of the Bucks and he's trying to create uh, some magic that he made in, in Arizona when he got his first head coaching job. And I think, again, it, it's, it's awesome what. You know, it's it's crazy. I watched that today, and then you tell me you're a Bucks fan. Um, so you know, I had that 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 connection with him, and and seeing how he grew up, you know, in York, Pennsylvania, and uh, seeing the trouble that he got into at a young age, and uh, he talks about he talks about some things. I'm like, what what do you know about that out of York, Pennsylvania? <laughs> but uh, he talks about some things that that hit home. And and it's always been who I felt like I was as a person who you'll know the same Nelson you hear on air, the same Nelson you talk on chats, the same Nelson you meet outside of here is the same Nelson you're going to get in here. Like, I don't have nothing to hide. I don't have no reason to hide. Um, and, and I love sharing experiences and everything else with other people because I like that connection. Right. It's a big world out there. And uh, this is one way that you can actually connect with people and uh, give insight to how people got to where they're at. I'm always into the whole, how'd you get here? So I wanted to share that with you because I was like, man, what a coincidence that I watched about the yeah, head coach of now the Bucks 
Um, and, that, and do you have any predictions of this season? I really thought you guys were gonna come out guns a blazing against uh, the Saints, but um, I know it didn't go yeah, the way man. that it was expected. It didn't. It, it's it's gonna take a little time, uh, especially with no kind of uh, off season to go through. Um, they're, they're gonna get. They're gonna work the things out and get everything squared away. And uh, uh, hopefully that they they should get at least ten wins this season. I'd be happy with that. <laughs> well, you know, in Washington, we're in the same boat with this rebuild. So we're hoping to really show a great performance like they did against the Eagles, hopefully with the Cardinals. Um, and I think what's funny, too, is that Ottawa kind of reminds me of the Bucks colorways. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty yeah. sure you're happy about that. <laughs> you're oh, pretty yeah. happy about that. When I, when I first saw it, I said, oh, man, I, I kind of like these colors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, you know. Putting that together, it does remind me of that colorway of the Bucks, and uh, you know I really had a coveted uh, Warren Sapp jersey when when they won the championship. Um, my oh, brother yeah. got me a Warren Sapp jersey, and uh, I would tell you I wore the ever living mess out of that, uh, just because the color it was red with the black lettering, um, and it just yep. looked really cool, looked really cool, very very interesting. And Warren Sapp was such an amazing player. On and off the field. Yes, he was. Uh, and he was another person who you got him, who he was, regardless on the field and off the field. He was goofy on the field, but was a great, talented player, and he was goofy off the field. And he really shared who he yeah, was man. as a person. So very inspirational stuff. Now, Kevin, the floor is now yours. This is your portion of last thoughts, you know, things you want to share, things maybe we didn't get to discuss. Uh, the floor is yours. You know, if you want to plug in your Discord name, uh, plug in uh, Epic uh, Epic Sports, um, it's whatever you like. The floor is yours. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, like I said, I do some scouting for Epic Esports. Uh, if you want to be a, uh, if you have any interest in uh, doing any kind of beat reporting or anything like that, or even some graphic design, definitely. DM me, uh, Kevin Moose in and um, Discord, uh, and I'll definitely get back to you. Um, this is for the the rookies out there, the new guys that are going to be joining me in season two of the minors. Uh, like I said earlier, just just be patient. It's going to come to you, and just enjoy the ride. I mean, it's, it's you're going to have a lot of fun uh, once the games get going. Uh, just enjoy it week by week. And then once the draft comes, enjoy that. You know, even though I didn't get drafted last year, I, I listened to every single uh, draft pick, 140, 150, however many draft picks there were. I stayed yeah. there and listened to every one of them. Um, but just just be patient. Uh, like I said before, just be patient. Enjoy this ride because it's about to get going. And I look forward to seeing you guys out there on the field in the chat. Let's have fun. Yeah, I think I think those are great things for folks. I, you know, I hope rookies as well as vets come and visit the show uh, and gain something out of it, right? Um, I think what you're saying is true. I think having that patience and, and understanding and enjoying the situation, I think a lot of folks try to dictate um, dictate their experience. And I think, again, I understand this is a paid product. So you want to make sure you're getting the outcome that you want. But I think there's a level yeah. of compromising. And then there's also, too, um, I think the advice that I always want to share with rookies is 
make sure you're getting the position you want to play in, right? You pay for this. Um, each person's different, right? I met some people who said, hey, I just want to be a team player, which I appreciate those. We need those people in this league, right? Yeah, but oh, yeah. I think, uh, I think again, the things that I want rookies to know is, you know, don't don't make the mistake of taking a position and then later on wanting to switch because this was the original one. Because I feel like some people got burned that way, where you didn't get to the place that you wanted to be because when the SFLM started, only this was available. And uh, I know you want to get involved early, but you know if if there's a way for you to get to the position you want to be, I would say hold out. If you really want the experience of it, trust me, it's an amazing experience. Enjoy every minute of it. But if Definitely. you really want to be something, <laughs> and somebody's telling you otherwise, and you just want to do it to, to, just to do it, but you don't, you're not 100% happy. Um, just be patient, like you said. Be patient. I think that's a great message to leave everybody off with tonight. And I think, again, for those who are interested in, in talking to Kevin, Say is spelled S-E-A-Y. All right. So if you're looking for him, don't try to spell it out, you know, S-A-Y or however rendition you think it may be spelled. Um, but I do want to give you that plug and everything else. And, and like I said, thank you. thank you again for coming on the show tonight. If you ever want to join in again in the future, hit me up, you're, you know. You're always welcome. I think it was great getting to know you. And if anybody from Epic Sports, like I told Cam last time, want to jump on the show, they're more than welcome to. Or if you make any re- recommendations, even to your son, Devin, um, or your, your Kevin Jr., right? Um, yes, sir. When he gets started and they want to have a platform to jump on, Kevin, by all means, hit me up. I'll, I'll make, the, make it happen so they get the same respect and the same opportunity as you did tonight to uh, represent who you are and, and share a little bit about yourself. We'll do, and, uh, and thank you for having me. It was really an honor. It's likewise here, right? It was a, it was a pleasure tonight. It's really great knowing you, and like I said, I'll be rooting for you. Um, your first game on October 9th, hopefully October 9th, right? You set me straight. I was yeah. like, October 10th? And you're like, nah, no, it's an October 9th. We just don't know the times yet. But I'll be rooting for rooting for you this season, and I'll be watching very closely. And when you uh, have the great games that I know you will have, expect a message from me saying great job. All right? Hey, sounds good. All right, Kevin. Have a wonderful night. Thank you. You too. Thank you, sir. All right. So, again, thank you again to Kevin uh, for uh, jumping on the show tonight. It was a pleasure getting to know you. Um, thank you for making the adjustment for being here tonight. Uh, now, folks, we're going to get into the shipyard. Um, you know, we're going to get ready for that. And then later on in the show, we're going to have offensive lineman Dave Barr uh, on the show. But he's going to be speaking about us not just being Dave Barr, the offensive lineman for Jacksonville, uh, but also the uh, seeker of a uh, expansion team going into this next season and sharing that and sharing that whole experience. So before we get started, we have to go ahead and play uh, the Portland Fleet unofficial song, copyrighted, probably, perhaps, but uh, most likely it is, but uh, our song, We Ready. So uh, let's get that started. Oh, yeah. 
sorry I had to cut our, our lovely song short, but I had to get the call out here uh, for my man, the director, player personnel, the offensive coordinator, uh, the middle linebacker who's right now the top in total tackles, Mel Davis. Mel, how are you doing this evening? Doing pretty good, Mel. What's up, my brother? How you feel? I'm good. You know, it's it's always a pleasure to share these nights with you, right? Like, you're the person who brought me into this league. Uh, you're the person who I speak with throughout the weeks, right? And and right. I and coming together with with this great organization that we're with now, I think it's awesome, right? Like, I think it's um it's something that. Uh, it's always enjoyable every time we have this segment of inside, you know, into the shipyard. Now, uh, I know we that wasn't the outcome we expected with Florida, and we'll talk a little bit about Florida um, and how that yeah. game went. And then speaking sure. about Charleston, who we go against uh, this this you know this weekend. Yeah. Uh, but I also want to kind of do something a little different, Mel. Um, is okay. is maybe some recognition. Uh, um, yep. some players who really stood out on the Florida game uh, and uh, people maybe you want to give kudos to, um, similar like a game ball, right, a virtual game ball, um, who still contributed on, uh, in that game for Florida. So, um, again, the floor is yours, but, um, yeah, I know that wasn't the outcome we wanted with Florida, but let's walk us through that that week and everything else. Well, the preparation for the week has pretty much been the same. And excuse me, listening to you know talk to Kevin uh, prior to me hopping on, he said some things that I totally jive with, and that is it is a lot of work uh, getting prepared for these games each week. Myself and uh, Jacob and and Art putting in the time to do the scouting and the understanding of who we might be going up against. And uh, trying to make sure our team is prepared as we possibly can be. Yeah, and that's the challenge because you put that time and that effort and all of that emphasis in the matchup against the opponent's team uh, preparation. And you're excited and waiting for the dynamics of that to all play out. And a lot like real coaching, when it does not play out the way you see it, and, uh, it's the real challenge begins. Because at that point, you have to ask yourself, did I do the right thing? Uh, did I not do some of the things I should have done? Uh, the real challenge of reminding all of your, your, your players, teammates, your front office cohorts, that um, we just have to do our best to not win games on the field. It's the only goal we have, but to stick together in the locker room, to stick together as an organization, to not point fingers. You know, you always hear about teams talking about locker rooms that are holding it together despite the, the challenges that they deal with. And it is a challenge because people start to point fingers. People, the offense starts to blame the defense. The defense starts to blame the offense. You should have made that catch. You should have, you know, you should have made that tackle. And that's Probably the most important thing I'd say we have achieved thus far in this season. Everybody looks at wins and losses because it is about winning and losing. I get that, but sometimes you have to assess where you are winning 
even though it may not be showing up in the W column. And uh, that reality this year has been very, very, very interesting because, you know, we continue to go from game to game to game, and uh, the results, unfortunately, are not coming out as we choose. We want them to because of all the hard work we put in. So we still got to go back to that locker room. You know, we have to, as coaches, and, and, and myself being coach and a player, we have to answer, you know, to our, our players and just remind them as best we can that we're there. You know, we're still pushing, we're still cranking, we're still grinding, and uh, we're waiting for that moment for all this to come to fruition in such a way that the hard work was, was evident. So I think the greatest thing that I know I'm gaining out of all this, you know, Kevin was talking about being patient, it will happen, it will come, and some of the guys that want to be a part of this league. The biggest thing I would share to coming in the league, any player that wants to become a coach in this league, uh, is that aspect of patience. Because um, it doesn't come quick, it doesn't come easy. There's a lot of good teams, there's a lot of great players, a lot of great coaches and uh, organizations that have uh, earned their presence in this league. With us being new, we are doing the same. So we're in there. We're playing. We're staying together. Our locker room is tight. We love the group of guys that we're with. So my game ball, truth be told, my friend, would would go to the team. And I know people say, oh, come on, man. You you know, you're copping out. But, But I'm really not because really the truth. Uh, there's been some outstanding play on the field from different guys from week to week, and uh, that that's to be commended. But what's most commendable is the conversations we have in that locker room after those losses. That's what's commendable, you know, to to see guys just kind of take a stand for one another and say, hey, you know, this we knew would not be an easy journey, uh, and to see guys who are saying, I'm here regardless of the outcome. Uh, just reminds you that we're in something very special. And yeah. when it does eventually turn that corner, wow, man, that that specialness just explodes to another whole level that is almost atomic at that point because guys guys basically get to see all of the, the efforts they've put in and they get to see that uh, hanging in there and staying in there and growing together at this level, well worth it. Game ball to all of my fellas, all of my teammates uh, for the fleet, my offense that I uh, get an opportunity to work with and, and try to strengthen and, and guide and grow uh, to my defense and my defensive teammates uh, that are out there balling every week and growing each and every week as well. I say, you know, thank you guys. Thank you for, for making this experience for me a great one as a teammate, as as offensive coach, and as a director of player personnel for our team. I, I really, really appreciate it and I love you guys, man. And we're gonna we're gonna break through that wall. We're gonna break through that, that ceiling. It's gonna happen. But let's just continue to keep growing beneath the surface right now so that when we break through, we'll still be humble but hungry. We'll still be focused, you know, and we're going to be a force to reckon with. We're, we're, we're growing each and every week, man. I see it. I feel it. Uh, and I believe it. 
Yeah. And and I think that's the part that and I was sharing with Kevin a little bit earlier is doing this with people that you really do enjoy. Right. Like uh, you enjoy the time, you enjoy the thoughts, the processes and everything. And it's it's not like it's a perfect situation always. Right. But what I appreciate most is that we're all able to give our opinions and then come together and, and really figure out what's exactly. best, not for us, for the organization. Right. No, and to really see that with, yeah. yeah, and seeing that with our players as well is huge, right? Well, yeah, it's you what, start to see the growth of the of the guys in the locker room, man. Guys that you know early in the season didn't have a whole lot to say because uh, they were getting to know the guys, and now you see guys that you know you didn't think would you know kind of stand up and say things or standing up and saying things. And hey, guys, you know this is a journey, and uh, it, it's great to see everyone still wanting to be a part of a journey that thus far, uh, in all of our eyes, as competitors and, and guys that, that want to win and, and have recognition, uh, realize that, you know, we're building that foundation right now. And uh, those wins are going to come. I have no doubt about it. I have no doubt about it. We're, we're coming. We're growing. And, uh, we have to continue to be patient, be diligent, and, um, you know, stay disciplined about what we're looking to achieve. Yeah. And, and again, that, that, uh, us doing it together, us sharing together, you know, I was talking about that, that, that ownership with one another and seeing each other's successes in and outside the league is, has been great. And, um, we're now looking forward to Charleston now, right? So, uh, what do you feel Charleston does well and uh, what should we be preparing for looking at them as a team? Um, and then uh, and then, just any final thoughts after that? Well, I'm going a, I'm to a change things up on you a little bit tonight. No, I'm <laughs> throw, no. throw a curveball. Why not? Yeah, I'm going to throw a curveball, man. With all due respect to Charleston, they're a great team. And they're doing everything well right now. You know, they're winning games. So, I think the focus really for us is more of, you know, what can we do well? What can we focus on? Uh, and the, the, the continuation for us, you know, from offense and defensive side, is just being consistent. Staying consistent in what we do each and every week is really what's going to be the key to victory for us. We do things, but we do them in – we do them in, in – in, in, it's almost like a kind of tune in a radio station. You know, you, you yeah. station going to phase it back out. You know, offensively, you know, we've got some challenges. We are struggling as an offense. And I think a lot of that is in all fairness to everyone on that offense due to the growth. Uh, we're a very young team. You know, we've got a seasoned quarterback in, in Matt South. And, uh, we're, we're happy to have him and, and, and fortunate to have him you know, be a major leader of that offense. But we're growing. You know, we have offensive players in every position that, for lack of, of better words, they're rookies. And, and in that context, they got to grow. they got to get better. And each and every week plays that role. we got, you know, Matt and John on our offensive side holding us together and just reminding everybody that be patient. It's coming. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't, don't get discouraged. So, my focus is not so much on what Charleston does well because Charleston is doing everything well right now. My focus is on how can we 
improve on last week's game. I can improve on last week's performance and uh, the, the things that we may not have done as well. And I really believe it's all about consistency. You know, we can make a few plays here and there, but we've yet to get to a point where we string all that together uh, in a positive way and culminates important way it can, and that's touchdown. Because if our offense is doing its job well, uh, then all we're doing is helping our defense out, which is a pretty amazing group of guys that still has a lot of growth, too. You know, we have a really good defense, a great defense, but, but they're still growing, too. You know, and that's one thing we have to keep reminding ourselves of as well, that those guys are still growing. You know, we've got some solid veteran players, uh, including that linebacker core that I'm a part of. But, you know, outside of that, you know, we're rookies. <laughs> and uh, I, I say the sky's at the limits, man, before our, both our offense and our defense because of so much growth that is still yet to come. So it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to create a mindset of uh, I give up. The only challenge in that process is you do that, then you'll never know what it was to win. You'll never know what it was to, to uh, experience that victory after so much of the, 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 the challenge of, as they say, the agony of defeat, right? So when that does start to turn that corner, boy, that's going to feel so good. And the confidence, and most importantly, the confidence we have in one another, it'll be unshakable because we've already yeah. been through the fire. We've been through that fire. So having been through that fire, it's going to be a – it take a, a lot to shake us up as a team. Uh, despite the circumstances that happens on that season. So yeah. I'm looking and, for and a positive, I, positive future for us, you know? Yeah, and, and I agree with you, right? And I think, again, looking at that aspect and what we did our first off season, right, um, the pieces that we put there, the people we put positions, like, um, has been great. And seeing them wanting to keep continuing growing with us has been amazing as well because – they understand it's it's a process. They understand that, you know, we weren't going to take the championship right off bucks, right? Um, that we had to grow together. We had a very, very young team with some key veterans, right, who came and, 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 and wanted to be part of that journey as well. And I think it's, it, it's great. I think that's something that I think folks don't plan for. You know, us being an expansion team and this being our first season, I don't think that's what we planned for, but we see that that needs to kind of be the key. And uh, I remember there was that um, advice that was told that, hey, you know, having a team stay with you through the season Mm -hmm. is a bigger benefit for you because everybody's on the same page. Everybody kind of knows what to expect. But you, you do it together and then you're able to create sustained success. Right. Let's look at Sioux Falls. We've been together for so long and they have sustained Mm -hmm. success where they're able to build together and grow together and continue that same trend uh, season after season after season. You know, that's a challenging thing to do for those that don't know. Our league is a one year contract league. You know, uh, players and and up and, and move to free agency after one season. So the game within the game is uh, the challenge is, you know, can you draft and bring players into your organization through a lot of the hard work and vetting and, and 
talking to guys um, prior to drafting them on the team going to end up being a group of guys that stays with you, or should I say, grows together with you to create that that long-term uh, foundational aspect that creates that that potential for success. And, and those words were courtesy of, of Eddie Gates, man. What up, though? Yeah. Eddie said it. Eddie said it when we scrimmaged him back in the beginning. He said, hey, you guys have some folks good players. He said, but just remember the challenge is keeping guys focused yeah. and, and buying into a system to believe that, guess what? If they stay and we continue to grow, then success will happen. Because they, they grow together, they're together, yeah. and they understand the vision is one. And that's the real challenge outside of just winning games week to week. Can you keep your players year to year? <laughs> and yeah. if you can do that, as you said, like Sioux Falls, the sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. And there's a lot of teams out there that are able to do that. And that's the, that's the type of team that, most importantly, we set out to become before we even had our first player, is creating a team that says, hey, we want to be here for the long term. Kevin's saying long-term in the league and just being around, we want to be here for long-term. You know, we, we don't want to be necessarily a team that has an open door uh, and, and each year you're filling you know, 10, 15 positions. Uh, we want guys to feel family-oriented together and guys want to be in that, that grind, that challenge for the long-term. So when it happens, man, everybody's celebrating because they, they've been there since the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, that's great to share. I think it gives a little bit of insight insight into the shipyard, no pun intended, but that's why it's called into the shipyard. It's to give you the understanding on the the inside of our organization and speaking to our front office and to our coaching staff to get some, not just information, right, of what's going on, but how us as an organization, what we stand for, our values, our, our, our beliefs, and what we are trying to contribute and we said it right. It wasn't going to be built over day, but you know, what we were trying to accomplish is sustain, sustain success, right. And it's a tongue twister. Sustain success was to every time be that organization that is always competitive. That's always putting a quality product on the field um, and representing the league inside and out. Right. So I think again, Awesome to hear. It, it, it is a pretty good segue to bring Dave in to the show, uh, Dave Barr, who will be talking about his future expansion team. Uh, but before we get to that, Mel, do you have anything else you want to share with uh, our fans, our players, uh, folks that are listening that, uh, uh, you know, maybe what to expect or, you know, any final thoughts? Well, as we start to wind down, you know, the, the end of the season, make no mistake, we haven't fold it up or cast anything in. You know, Portland Fleet, our players, our team, our organization, we're still here, strike that victory every week, looking to bring everything we can to the table every week, you know, coaching and, and preparation is still full tilt. So no one on this inside this building or this organization has given up on themselves or one another. Um, so for all those that are still, you know, out there supporting us, don't give up either. You know, we're gonna keep pounding and and pounding that rock each and every week so the opportunity, you know, starts to yield the results that we were looking for. So um, continue to give us your support. And uh, most importantly, know that, um, like you said, things aren't built overnight. They do take time and having the patience to understand that 
for us, our players, and our organization is the most important thing. And uh, outside of that, I just wish everybody a blessed weekend. Stay safe out there. Uh, just get ready to head into the fall part of the year. And uh, tell your family members you love them. Each and every day is a special day and a gift, you know, from, from our Lord above. Yeah, that's that's great. And also, check us, check out our Sector 6. We got some new uh, fandom merch, right? Um, added a new jersey color. Uh, added uh, some other stuff there, shirts, sweaters, uh, socks, the essentials that you may need, right? Uh, shorts yeah. uh, for those... Uh, hot winter days right like <laughs> but again ch- check us out right check it out get yourself a jersey get yourself a mel davis jersey uh your favorite gm nelson lozano jersey uh whatever the case may yeah, be right, but right, right, right. i think that's a yeah, great right. way of leaving this mel so uh you have a wonderful evening it's always a pleasure again and i'll talk to you soon okay likewise my brother be safe uh have a blessed weekend and we'll talk soon man take it easy we'll talk soon you too all right, all right. Now, we have our guest, and in true fashion, I have to uh, blow the horn and share that I have our, uh, the offensive lineman of the Jacksonville Kings and the potential bidder of an expansion team, Dave Barr. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. How are you doing this evening? I'm great. You know, um, early in the show, I was sharing a little bit about uh, my week. Hasn't been the easiest week, uh, you know, out there just because of, of work and the realities of the world that we live in with the pandemic and people yeah, going crazy. Yes. <laughs> it's 2020, exactly, <laughs> right? Um, it's good to be on the show. Um, we've spoken off, off show, and, and I appreciate you reaching out to me. Uh, it means a lot because it, it, it means my platform at least is, is, is getting out there for folks to be able to take advantage of it. And then really well, share what's going on. Yeah. I was just going to say thank you so much for having me. It's, it's, uh, it's uh, great to have an opportunity to share my thoughts on our league and, and uh, you know, pick your brain a little bit while we're talking. And So uh, I'm, I'm very thankful to, to be here with you. I appreciate it. And, you know, again, it's, it means much more because you, you came out and you said, hey, Nelson, I would love to be, you know, to, to share my story, share about uh, the West Virginia Wild, which – is a neighbor of mine, right? I'm in Maryland, so you are a neighbor. Um, so it is yeah. great to show love to what you're able to do there. And you come from a great organization as well, right? Jacksonville Kings is a Absolutely. team that I, has been around for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel uh, very fortunate. Uh, Frank Gooden is is um, just a class act, and uh, he's been really supportive of me and you know my goals. Uh, as being part of the league and he shares, he's invaluable. He is really invaluable in terms of uh, what he already knows about the game and the league. And uh, I just really appreciate him, you know, uh, giving me an opportunity. And, but I'll tell you, I've found that to be very true of a lot of people in our league. I've I've had some very good conversations with a lot of the owners Uh, before I was drafted. I got to know a lot of them. Um, Everybody just seems very community oriented and very helpful. And uh, even in the process uh, of me putting a bid together, you know, everybody's been happy to give feedback. And uh, you know, and, and I, there were some things we recognized. You know, that we're we're pretty new, 
you know, this whole thing. And I know that that is probably a little bit of a disadvantage for us. But uh, I do know, too, that um, I have a very competitive group, and we're going to work really hard. And, and you and I will get into that, that more as the evening goes on. But uh, you're right. I mean, I, I'm part of a great organization right now. Yeah. And, and, and again, right, that Frank is, is somebody who um, didn't know – I didn't know that was the reason why I, I was so impressed with the league with his documentary, right? If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, and if I am – you know, Cam calling to the show and be like, hey, Nelson, uh, <laughs> correction, right? But I always talk about how impactful his documentary was. It really did set I the have, standard. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it, uh, but I've heard about it. And so I'm sure it's good. I mean, he doesn't do anything that isn't uh, thought through uh, pretty completely and has a purpose. And so I'm sure it's good. Yeah, it, it, whenever you get a chance, you know, go on YouTube and just type in Simulation Football League and you'll see a Cam, uh, a younger Cam, right, uh, talking about the league and where it was at then and speaking of, of the moment that really got all of them together. And uh, if you listen back to that podcast with with Cam, um, kind of shares the also the story behind that as well. Um, the, okay, that'd be, that'd be good. Yeah, it, it, it's great. Listen, go ahead. I'm, I'm really big on history. Like, so there's a couple things that I'm really, I really love. History and how you got here, right? Your journey. Because everybody's journey is different, but we still connect. Right. And that's the part that sure. I love about this whole platform and this show and what it's evolved to be is to find ways how we all connect as one. Whether it's player base or view base or, you know, uh, goal base or whatever it is, right? We find that common ground together as as people when we really uh, uh, hear each other out and learn from each other and hopefully gain something from this. Like giving you this opportunity to share about the expansion bid that you're doing is awesome. But it's also to give, like you said, newer, right? So you're, you're one of the newer guys in the league. So it also gives you an opportunity for people to get to know you, right? Get to know who you are, who who who's the person behind the keyboard <laughs> and um, right. and I think it's really cool you know you, you're an actual coach and I don't want to take away the about you but you're an actual coach uh, and this night had to get planned a little bit smoothly <laughs> um, but I'm glad we're here <laughs> yeah. now um, and it's really yeah. cool on how we're able to do that so uh, Dave if you'd like to share a little bit about yourself before we you know we'll go through yourself we'll go through the current position you're in as an offensive lineman and then finally we'll sure. get to the creative pieces and if you have any questions for me as well right on that creative side point i love to share with you because i think again it's very fun about this league it, you know the whole creation of teams and the history of and everything else so let's start with the about you though who is uh dave bar well i'm i am uh 54 years old and i'm a 30-year veteran of coaching uh at every level from uh junior high football all the way up to I spent 18 months working as a college scout with the uh, Cincinnati Swarm in AF2 of the Arena Football League. Oh, wow. And uh, I've been a lifelong football fan. Uh, knew when I was a junior in high school that I was going to be a teacher and a coach. Uh, you know, I, I just think those two things are really a calling. And I've, I've been very fortunate to live out my dream that way. And um, started, you know, I've been a video football junkie, you know, really my whole life, uh, clear back to the days of, uh, 
this little handheld game by Mattel that just had little red blips on it. Uh, started out playing that, and then uh, Atari and Sega and Nintendo, and uh, still love Bo Jackson and Tecmo Bowl. <laughs> um, you know, so I played in high school and uh, and knew that uh, there was probably not going to be a career for me in the NFL someday. Um, so when I got went off to college, I just focused on. Um, planning my career out as a teacher and a coach I was very fortunate uh, my senior year the outside linebackers coach at Urbana University where I was going to school had to resign early in uh, August and I had been on the uh, student interview committee for the head football coach and we had hired a guy named Doug Sams from the CFL and he and I had hit it off in, uh, in the interview process so he called me at my dorm room one day and said hey I need a guy like this afternoon to come coach outside linebackers. And so uh, that year I was, I was an outside linebackers coach at the college level and, wow. uh, and loved it. And it just fed the, fed the, you know, fed the fire for me even more. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, that uh, 30 years later, I'm still doing it. And this past year with the pandemic, you know, we were talking about 2020 and everything getting a little crazy. <laughs> I was yeah. <laughs> uh, looking around on Twitter one day and, uh, found someone had tweeted about an article about you guys and how that you all were working to keep the sporting world uh, still up and running in, in spite of the pandemic and so I opened the link and read about it and I was just thinking man I, I've never even heard of this before but this is a great <laughs> idea yeah so I found the website and did some research and uh thought it over for about 15 minutes and decided to subscribe so you know here wow. I am you know now as a, as a player and uh, and I, I've had just absolutely a ball you know I, I got on with the Annapolis team in the minor leagues uh, down the stretch of that uh, minor league season in the summer and then uh, you know spent a lot of time talking to a lot of people networking before the draft and uh, had a lengthy conversation with Frank and uh so I wound up there in Jacksonville, and I'm, I'm just trying to be a sponge right now, learning everything I can, asking a lot of questions, listening to people who are good at it, and uh, just trying to be a strong contributor to what's going on in this league. Yeah, and and Dave, I didn't know we were in, we're Navigator brothers. What is that? That's that's crazy. I, I played for Annapolis for one game, um, you know, as their their linebacker, right uh, when I left. Jeff Gagne took my place and did an amazing job on really representing that linebacking crew that was, you know, hard hitting with Eric Hammer and everything. Yeah. But that we are, a, a, yeah, we were, we are Annapolis brothers. That's crazy. Didn't, didn't yeah. know that, right? Uh, so it's a pleasure having my you on player, as a brother. Uh, yeah, my players. I, I named. Uh, I originally named my fa- uh, my player after my father, uh, who passed away several years ago, and so. And I was a kicker, you know, of all things on that yeah. team. And so uh, his name was Larry Barr. And uh, <laughs> he got the nickname Legatron. And, and that was hilarious to me that, you know, they were yeah. calling him that. And, <laughs> and uh, it was very funny. And all, all the guys in Annapolis, like you talked about, they're, they're, they're a good bunch of dudes. You know, so yeah. we, that was a good experience for me. Yeah, I think from the head up, too, we had uh, Ben Jackson on here. We had Cam Curtis on here as well. We have Jeff Gagne. Um, and I'm hoping to bring in uh, and Scott Johnson, right? Let me not forget my man Scott. Um, we, you know, they've been on the show 
uh, to share their experiences and everything. And it's great to give my uh, my navigator brothers an opportunity to to share that. And I think I think again the way that you found us, you're the it's pretty unique. Okay, I hear it a lot on how the most common way that we've been found so far that I've heard is I was scrolling through. It always starts that way. I was scrolling through TV. And Atlanta came on, right? <laughs> I'm throwing a joke yeah. on there because Atlanta always seems to be the team that everybody remembers seeing, right? I think I had one other person tell me Denver, but other than that, it's always been like Atlanta or something, right? But um, yours is the first one that was really based on the article. And I know the article, you, I, hopefully I'm, I know the article you're referring to where they were talking about how simulation leagues and talking about the, the simulation football league was going to be able to thrive during the pandemic season and really yeah. grow well, I'll tell and you give what, people uh, an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the the story that was in that article that really uh, struck a chord with me is they were talking about uh, a guy, I think he might have been playing for a team out west, but he had had a spinal injury as a younger person. And uh, so he joined this league and got to play some quarterback and led yeah. a, uh, a game-winning drive at the end. And, you know, how thrilling it was for him to hear his name being called in that setting uh, in mm-hmm. spite of his life circumstances. And I just thought, man, this is so cool, you know, because it gives opportunity to a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds. Um, I, I'm really happy to be involved in, the, in that in that kind of thing. Yeah. And and if you, I think you may be talking about Matt Wilson, right? Um, I yeah, think I remember, yeah, Matt Wilson, who's the quarterback for the uh, Mexico uh, City Aztecs, right? And uh, yeah, he actually has to a video out there talking about it, right? When they did the convention, they were interviewing, you know, everybody there, and and Matt ended up being one of the people that was there, and he talked about his uh, circumstances and what this this game allowed him to do. And I think that's yeah. awesome, right, to be able to give folks an opportunity to be and live the, you know, the way that they wanted to, right? Um, early in the show, we had Kevin say, uh, and, and Kevin was talking about how he always wanted to be a running back, right? Um, he was called Moose because he was always the biggest guy, but um, he's now being able to have the be, have his player be in the position that he wanted to be uh, uh, if he played that sport and. Now that's a reality, and hearing this, you know, you being able to, you know, again, have a player there originally in Annapolis, you know, for your father, which again, I, I understand that I lost my mother, uh, I think we're going on 10 years now, um, that, again, awesome to hear how, how, we, how you went about it, and then how you found the league, and yeah, Matt Wilson's uh, story was very inspirational, and I think that's, again, like I said, giving people the opportunity to share that story that's what always inspired me about the documentary I told you that Frank made as well as and I think Frank was actually behind the interviews for the for the um, for the conference as well too right um, but it's, it's really awesome to kind of see how that all comes together and uh, those kind of stories that you kind of hear so uh, once you did that right once you did that you read the article and you kind of got involved um when did, i guess did did it, did you speak to frank i guess after the draft or during the draft is what i meant during the draft about um 
coming to Jacksonville or, or was that something that happened before the draft? Like when did that conversation start? Well, when I was in Annapolis, um, it was recommended to me that, you know, a big part of getting drafted was networking the owners and letting them know um, what your, you know, your dreams and goals were and that they're honestly very much more interested in people who want to be involved in their organizations. They really, you know, it's not that they won't take someone who just wants to be a player, but if you can do other things, uh, that's a definite uh, feather in your cap. Yeah. And so I started talking to people, telling them, you know, who I was and what I wanted to do and that sort of thing. And, and I've been very open and honest with people from the from the get-go that, you know, ultimately my goal is to have a team in this league. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, Frank was uh, really open to, you know, listening to me about that. And, and we talked at length about a lot of things. And, you know, he, he took the time to ask me a lot of questions and learn, you know, about who I was and, you know, for me, uh, he was looking for people to scout. Well, you know, that's I've made a career out of that, and yeah, uh, I feel like I bring a perspective of uh, being able to look at film and see what people are doing, and then I can say, well, if we were playing so and so in real life, here's how I would attack them, or here's what I yeah. would do to defend. And then the dialogue back and forth is that's really cool. Is I'm learning. Uh, whether or not those things translate to the virtual game. Yeah. Um, so there's been a little bit of a learning curve for me, but I'm, I, I like to think I'm a quick study. And, uh, and and the one thing that's been true is that my years of staring at film um, has made picking up the scouting end of it uh, pretty easy. Yeah. So I've been, uh, I've been happy about that, that I've been able to contribute uh, to Jacksonville um, up front. And, and, uh, you know, I still ask a lot of questions. You like, I, I've learned uh, some things. I don't want to give uh, any of Frank's uh, trade no, secrets course, away, course, but yeah, I'm, I'm learning things about, you know, like what plays um, work well with our league and, and maybe some places to stay away from because of the artificial intelligence. Uh, he's been great about that. And then uh, I'm learning things about uh, within the way that we scout there in Jacksonville how that translates into uh, developing your playbook file for the week and that sort of thing. So he's been, uh, well, again, you know, I just, you know, can't thank him enough. You know, he's been, he's been a great mentor to me. Yeah. And, and I think that's the part that a lot of folks don't realize is that transitional piece, right? Um, if you're ever into playing sports, right. And I hear, I see it in chats a lot, folks being like, Oh man, this coach, this or that, or whatever you want to talk about. It's not easy. The AI is, is thinking for you, right? You may want to do this in this situation, right? Situational football and to come with this game plan, but the AI could have something completely different. <laughs> and, um, Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, again, uh, coming from a, a strong organization who's been around for a while, being Tallahassee and then going, you know, from Tallahassee to Jacksonville, um, is really you do get that that opportunity to really gain from somebody who one contributed a lot to the league, but also to uh, has an organization that is you know known and 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 is stable and has been around for a while. So it, it's really cool that you're able to learn from from Frank and and what he was able to what he's doing now in his organization uh, 
you know, and learning from it and being able to see that and, and, and get to learn that opportunity of it where a lot of folks, I'm pretty sure, don't take the time to see that and just being like, well, why did he choose this or why he didn't choose that? Well, guess what? I didn't have a choice, okay? <laughs> I'm trying to manipulate a game that is thinking for me, thinking I want this when I wanted that. But that's what makes it fun. And that's what brings that right. uh, community together where... As a team, we just got to watch it, and we watch it together, and we laugh, and we we cry, and we curse, and we and we and we laugh, you know, because we're able to do it together. And whatever the outcome is, you know, really great teams, regardless of what the outcome is, you you stick by your brothers. Yeah. And uh, yes, you I'll always tell you, wanna, yeah. Go, oh, sorry, you can finish it. You're okay. No, no, no. You okay? Go ahead. Uh, it was uh, just a great story. Uh, this past week, we played on Monday night against uh, Louisiana. And uh, one of my uh, guys in my ownership group is playing defensive end for them. And we want to block, you know, we want to block at each other. You know, I had to block him. And um, so the trash talk started early on Monday night, you know, amongst uh, amongst my buddies. And, and then uh, late in the game, uh, I got called for holding. <laughs> I haven't been <laughs> called for a penalty all year long. And it, it just happened to be me. And my phone blew up after that. Those guys were giving me a hard time about that. And, and it was so funny, you know, that uh, just for an evening, we were competing against each other. And, um, all those guys that, you know, we've had a ball with it. It's just been so much fun. Yeah, and I think that's what makes this, uh, like the community makes it fun. But when you get to do it with people that you um know and, and share and laugh with and kind of have this little side things it's fun it's even more engaging right and yeah. uh it gives you yeah. outlets to kind of share with people that you know and and and, and i don't want to say you can never speak freely because i feel like you can and there's some people that take a lot of advantage of that um but you know again you may say something and you don't want it to get taken out of context but it's your friend right so your friend's not going to take it out of context Versus nah, if you put it on Gen Chat or something. Uh, right. You know, we, we, well, it was over text. We didn't want to do anything that would get anything going that, you know, wouldn't be positive for our league. But it was all in good fun. And, yeah. uh, you know, it was just a ball. We, I mean, we had so much fun with that. Yeah. Now, I, I, hopefully I didn't steal the answer to this question, right? And, you know, you were a scout. In college, you know, like you, you're doing a lot of good things, and you know, I just shared that you are a real coach in in, in life, right? In in the real world, right? Uh, do you have a fun fact to kind of share about yourself um, that people maybe don't know? I am uh, <laughs> I am adventurous to a fault, uh, and so I have uh, several pictures of myself uh, when I did my master's degree. I had to travel outside the country and. Uh, I wound up in Costa Rica near the, the volcano at Arenal. And so I have a picture of myself standing on the wrong side of the sign that says stay out because uh, it's an active volcano. And so, yeah. uh, and that's, that's just true. That's my personality is that, uh, you know, I, I love having fun and uh, being a little bit mischievous is, is part of who I am. And, and uh, I'm just a fun loving guy. You know, so, uh, there's that, um, and that's probably translated into my coaching career a little bit too, you know, just having a good time and that sort of thing. Yeah, and I and I think uh, so. 
also, <laughs> again, these segues to certain things in real life, right? Me and Kevin were talking. To, he's a Bucks fan, and we were just talking about Bruce Arian. And I didn't know much about Bruce Arian, right? Um, and not to beat that again or revisit that, but just him talking about taking risks and being himself and, and having fun with it, right? He said that the first time he was with Temple, um, he almost killed himself, right? Migraines and you know, was really doing all the work for himself. And this is before he learned about delegation. But he says, when it becomes, when it's not fun anymore and you're killing yourself, it's not worth it. And that's when he realized that he has to do it himself and delegate to the right people who see the same vision as him and then be himself and be honest. And um, really resonated with me because I'm, I'm a Washington football fan. And that's similar to Ron Rivera, who has came into this super dysfunctional organization which still has a owner in place who is as dysfunctional as ever right still but is trying to correct course and get the right people in the place and get the right personnel in the in the building and really build a culture where the first game the first quarter was a a a a nightmare and it, it felt like I was reliving last season again to seeing them come back and win that game and you know, Ron Rivera talks about that. What he learned in his coaching was to take risk. Right? You have to. You didn't come in here to tie. You didn't come in here right. any of that. You came in here to win. And in fourth and one, he he he, you know, got his team together and rallying to get the first down and allow Washington to start scoring and building up a, a confidence. And you need to have that in coaching, right? You can't always play it safe. There is a strategic. No, you can't. Yeah, there's a strategic way to this. But sometimes you gotta say screw it, <laughs> and throw and throw right. all the darts in the board and hope something sticks. Because if you don't, <laughs> then uh, you yeah. may you may miss out, or you may kick yourself in the foot because you said, "Hey, I didn't even try X, Y, Z," and I could have potentially won that game or give myself a competitive way to win that game versus just uh, playing it safe and reserving and and just you know uh, playing that type of card. So I feel you on it. I definitely do, and it, I didn't mean to get it to that segue, but I'm also I'm a calculated risk taker, but I do take risks, right? And some, sometimes too. it has. I think yeah. that's true in coaching. You know what you're saying is exactly right, uh, but I I think that along with those calculated risks, uh, there has to be a lot of preparation that goes along with it. So you know, like the older I've gotten in coaching, the more I've I've learned how to how to how to prepare for situations. So, you know, like um, early on in my career, it was all, always, I was always so much more focused on what, if, what offense or what defense are we running? And as, as I've gotten older, I've seen the value in other things. So, like, for example, how do we have good press box communication? What does that look like? What's, what are, what's everybody's role within that? Um, what do we do in special teams? How do we take a safety? Um, yeah. You know, the timing rules in the high school changed. We went to a 40-second play clock a couple of years ago, and that changed everything about ball control. And so it's become those things that I've been really more interested in as time has gone by. Um, I've also, uh, like, culture of the team. As the older I've gotten, the more uh, I've realized the importance of that. And that is – that thing uh, of culture is true in the locker room in real life. And it's extremely true in simulation football. 
Yeah. The kind of culture you build, it, it, it's everything. It is everything. And you, hopefully you got to catch some of me and, and, and Mel speaking, right? Um, that's the thing that I, I, I loved. If somebody asked me, hey, what are you most proud of this season, right? Because we, we didn't have the wins like other folks had, right? Right. But what I'm going to tell you I take away is retaining the team that I had, right? As a GM, I think realistically like a GM, okay? My job is to get the right coaching staff, get the right players, make sure my coaching staff is happy and got the players they need to be successful. And I also pick right players who fit my fit our value as an organization. And then spending the well, time... Well, I'll tell you that. I, yeah, go ahead. I think it's very obvious, you know, in listening to you talk here this evening and and I caught a little bit of uh, Jacob there towards the end. I was listening to you guys, and, and I watched your last game because it was one that we were scouting to get ready for uh, uh, who we're getting ready to play next. And uh, it's you can tell you're on the right track because yeah, uh, while you're struggling, you've got some young players. Uh, you were close on a lot of things. And, you know, I've had uh, some good text conversations with Jacob. And I can tell, I, I know the kind of person he is and how driven he is to uh, try to create the right environment for his players. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the same with you. You know, you're, you're, you're trying hard to get the right recipe in, in place for Portland. And uh, I have no doubt that if you guys stay the course, it'll happen for you. I appreciate that. You know, it, it's when you look at things like Gen Chat and, and stuff like that, it, it doesn't always feel that way. But speaking to each individual, um, in this league and, and friends of mine and people who reach out and say, hey, we're seeing something special there. It means a lot because it wasn't, um, it's not like myself and Mel and Jacob didn't put in man hours, right? I mean, when I tell folks, um, and I always have to apologize because some folks wanted to speak to me on the phone and I just couldn't have the time because as a new expansion team, you don't have the same opportunities, right? And what I mean is, not a lot of people want to take that risk to say, hey, I want to be with you because they know it's going to be a struggle. Everybody wants to win a championship. So sometimes they, they go to these teams to accomplish that. And um, for the for the vets that decided to stick with us and stay with us and grow with us, we appreciated it. But the rookies that we chose meant as much as well because they decide not just because we drafted them, but they believed in the vision. They spoke to us, you know, they saw it through Discord, they saw how we were supportive of each game, and it, and it was very hard, right, to get to every single rookie, you, even yourself, right, like, I didn't know you were Legatron, and I remember that game when they were like, we love this guy's name, Legatron, right? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. But, uh, uh, again, you know, that that's kind of the the piece that folks don't see there was a lot of hard work there's a lot of excel files there's a lot of game tape that i watched on each individual player and and trying to reach out to them and try to get the right fit and 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 my goal for my first season was to get as many rookies as possible because we once free agency was done we, we we saw the spots that we needed to fill and it's exciting right like it was because we were able to start from that ground and really build a foundation going with us into the, into this next season, into the future. And that meant a lot to me to see my work and see that retention being key because 
as you heard me and Mel talking about in our segment uh, into the shipyard, we got that advice from a great owner, Eddie Gage, who said that if you can have people stay with you and grow with you, um, you'll see that magic happen. And he's having it now with Arizona, having a season that he was like, <laughs> he wants to forget season one or the first season he had to now this season where um, he's doing some great things with, with himself, Ashley Jackson, uh, DJ Mo, uh, Moses, hopefully I said it right. Um, you know, the great things they're all able to do together and really have that team built together. And that's where you can see what's possible when you do it right. Right. And there's some Absolutely. teams that are having successes as well. Like we can't forget Louisiana and their first, you know, season as a new team and them doing very well like they're doing now. Um, we can't forget uh, Lone Star, who ha- has been having a, a good season. We can't forget Fort Worth, who uh, is also having a, a season as well. It's not I'm sure it's not the season they expected, but they're still having a good season, right? And everybody in between, right? From the right. organizations that lost a lot of people to whatnot. And it, it, it's, it's really fun to see everything come together. And you spoke about Jacob, and that's where I kind of wanted to touch a little bit of bases on was him being a rookie right so he had his his first coaching season with Denver last season and then he put in the bid and he put you know he 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 did the research and made countless connections with different owners and different people within the league that he was able to give that opportunity and as a as an owner um just like how you spoke very highly about you know Frank it's how I speak highly about Jacob uh it's very hard for me to comprehend somebody say, hey, this is my baby. Not do it, it what you will, but this is a piece with you, right? This is mine, but I'm going to give you a piece of it. And he gave sure. a piece to me. He gave a piece to Mel. He gives a piece to each and every one of the players. And he says, hey, Portland is, is, is important because of this piece that you got now. You're part of the foundation. You're part of the history. You're part of the future that we are planning for right in in the goal has always been you know uh sustained success because we don't just want to be a, a a organization that is here today gone tomorrow right if you look at the history of the league there has been a couple teams like that but those teams that have been here for a while the organization you you're, you're currently with now or you know queen city who's been here since the first seasons and sioux falls who've been here for the first seasons and Baltimore and I mean there's a lot of teams out there when you look at their history like man they've been here that long it's awesome to kind of see that it's awesome to see what's what's there and and then being part of that and and meeting somebody new like a new owner like Jacob who has ideas that are innovative and he wants the best for the league and you know you feel like you have a voice with him right it like I tell people all the time we, we don't always get along Right. And I'm not saying we're having like disrespectful arguments, but we we <laughs> yeah. challenge respectfully well, and we come to terms at the three front office, right? Um, and then we'll get, you know, our assistant O. C. sometimes involved if it's something around the coaching side of it. Or I'm not sorry, he's not the assistant O. C. no more, he's now the assistant D C. Uh you know, I should have probably did the league news drop but <laughs> but he's now our assistant D C. And uh, I think it's awesome. It should be that way. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I think that's what it should be. And and I say this story all the time that that wasn't my story the first season I was in. 
Um, there were some good people that I met during that situation, but I didn't have that, that, um, how to put that, that, uh, connection or that, that feeling or that ownership or that buy-in like I do now. And it's not having to do anything with me being a general manager. It's for meeting two gentlemen who have the same vision as I do that want the same things that come together for the best of this organization and 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 listening out and trying to do that with the players that we have and <clears throat> you know it's not like Madden or anything else where you get the best player in free agency or whatever the case may be you do also have to have chemistry but you want to do it with people who you really are able to be a part of inside and out of this league and you know share your time with it because that that's your locker room that's your people that's the that's where you, you, you want to have people buy in with you because when progression comes, you don't want to hunt 100 people down. Right. You don't want to sit here and be like, hey, did you check in today? Like, nobody wants that. <clears throat> I got a real right. life out here. Like, for me to take 10 <laughs> minutes to sometimes do that is difficult. But knowing that some of my players have some adversities that are different than others, we do do a checkup because we care for them as the person, not necessarily just for that check-in, Right. We want to make sure they're okay. Right. We we pay attention to trends and habits, and then when something changes, we're like, "Oh, is everything okay? Are you doing okay? You know, uh, has there been a life event that's changed? You know, it's 2020. Who knows what the heck is happening tomorrow, right?" Uh, to to really put that together, I think um, that's what makes this exciting, and that's what makes it fun, and that's what makes it uh, enjoyable every day and out. And I don't want to go too much because that's going to start getting into your potential bid so we're, we're, we're not going to get to that yet I do want to know what do you prefer more so I know you're offense alignment for Jacksonville and you're a real coach do you prefer more offense and defense and if so whichever between the two why do you prefer that well you know I think that uh, one of the things that'll be a plus for me uh, with our expansion bid is that uh, after 30 years I've coached uh, every position on both sides of the ball and uh, some places I ran offenses, some places I ran defenses. Uh, it really came down to who did I have to work with me and where were they strong. Um, and I've been fortunate to work with a lot of really good people in 30 years. So um, I, I don't really have a preference. Uh, I, I will let the talent uh, dictate for us to, to, the, to the greater extent what our football team will look like someday. Um, I really believe that this league is about customer service and building relationships. And so if we have um, four or five really good wide receivers, we're not going to line up in the power eye, for example. Hmm. Um, and if we're, uh, if we're great uh, with our linebackers, you know, if I have five really good linebackers, we're going to put them on the field and maybe it will be more like of a, a three, five, three or whatever. But um you know, at the end of the day, talent dictates what you do. You've got to put your best people on the field. Um, and in, in this business with the SFL, um, giving, giving folks opportunities is going to be important. So, you know, you, you were talking about progressions there. And you want, uh, you want players who will join your team when they're young and that they'll progress together and get better together and stay together. And the way that you do that is you give them opportunities to do things, both as players and, and as part of your team behind the scenes as well. Um, so I really believe in those kinds of things. I think we'll be uh, very friendly towards uh, the folks that subscribe. 
you know, because at the end of the day, you want these people to keep subscribing. Yeah. Um, if they don't feel included, if they don't, if they don't feel like uh, they're they're heard or valued, um, they won't pay the fee, or they'll at least leave your team. Yeah. And uh, you don't want you don't want you don't want to be back to square one year after year after year. So, um, you know, I, as I've talked to owners, that's the thing that I've gathered as much as anything. The ones who are really good. Uh, Frank there in Jacksonville, uh, I've had some really good conversations with, uh, um, Eddie and Ashley there in Arizona, uh, thought I thought I might be drafted by them, you know, and I would have been really happy to have been there with them. Cause I think that uh, I would have learned a lot from them too. And all of them ring true the same things over and over again, that your locker room culture is vital to uh, success. And, yeah. you know, so I really feel like I have a good grasp of that and, uh, just learning techniques on how to how to go about it. A good example was set in Annapolis. Truthfully, I mean, I felt like we had a great locker room there. Yeah, it, it was uh, definitely filled with people who were memorable, right? Um, Frank, the franchise, right, um, always stands up stands out to me because when he came in, he put in the locker room. Hey, I, I'm not 100 percent sure, you know, about this. You know, I'm just signing up, but you know, I'm excited to be here and. I reached out to Frank and I said, hey, you know, try this, try that. If you need anything, hit me up and, you know, try to be, you know, help others. And he, he t- took that and ran with it, right? Yeah. And every new rookie that came in or whatever the case may be, he went out there and he uh, he showed what was best about this, 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 you know, simulation football league. And that meant that that spoke volumes of, like, the type of people that ended up being on Annapolis and, and the type of people that came out of the SFLM to begin with, right? Um, I know somebody was joking and was being sarcastic when I said, man, this must have been the best uh, rookie class out there. But this rookie class was right now feeling like the most impactful rookie class. And that's not taking anything away from the next uh, group of minor players. I'm sure they will be as good, if not better, than what the people in, in, in generation, the first season or first generation of the SFLM uh, was and you're right like that that locker room speaks of any locker room right so Ottawa Madison um, and Annapolis and San Jose I've heard you know coach Cravens talk about how great that um, that locker room was and I'm not sure about Boise or, or Albuquerque so it's, it's not anything that trying to leave them out I just don't know right um yeah. It shows that, yeah, you have to have that. And if you have people who want to do this together and uplift one another, it becomes a better experience. And you and you mentioned, too, something that the great, you know, Bill Belichick talks about. And you hear his copycat, Joe Judge, trying to do the same thing in, in New York, uh, which you talk about the player's strengths and, pl- and, and building a game plan around their strengths. Um, it's definitely key because now you're – you're working on people's strengths and now they have ownership because they understand that you're building a plan around them and what they do best versus trying to make them into something that they potentially aren't and potentially hurting their career or making it a bitter experience. Um, so I think you brought up some really good topics on there. Um, and, the, and, and I do want to get through, cause I think we're, we keep on, closely touching on getting to the expansion and talking about that process which I'm really excited about because I think for anybody who's interested in owning a team 
that creative process is really cool to hear. If you listen to our podcast that I had with Jacob, I think it might have been either the second podcast I had because the first one I had, it's either the same day I had Ashley Jackson, which was my first guest on the podcast, or it was like the next show or whatnot. Jacob kind of shares a little bit about the the progression of the Portland fleet. Uh, the colors that we we potentially looked at, the idea of the names, the ideas he potentially had before behind that. I find that so cool because what you see right now is not what it originally was. And when I came in, I came into the part where, like, uh, 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 just, you know, understanding that logo that you see now, right? That's what I'm seeing. But not knowing that the colors that he was planning to have wasn't the the blue and the and the orange and you know the white that wasn't the original plan right but hearing that hearing him share that sharing what the team was potentially going to be called and just sharing all these fun facts and sketches and 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 what came to be to to the product that you see right now that's what made it so awesome so i i i say that to say this we'll get there let's get through i guess more of the the now the player like what attracted you to maybe taking offensive linemen? Because uh, you were a kicker, right? Uh, what made you choose offensive linemen? Um, and since you are an offensive lineman, do you see what do you see that position being utilized in the future? Because you are, I don't want to say the first generation, because there's people. Ben Jackson was, you know, one of the first offensive linemen that were really out there, and then the uh, call. Hopefully, I say it right, Caldells, but they're they're with. Uh, Lone Star, the Lone Star's uh, offensive linemen. Um, we're like one of the few people I've known that were offensive linemen, right? So one, what what made you say, hey, yeah, I'll go from kicker to offensive lineman? And then two, how do you see that 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 role being utilized in the future? Well, for me, I mean, uh, being an O lineman was uh, not not too big of a deal. Truthfully, that's what I played in uh, in school when I was growing up, and I was a kicker too for our high school team. So. Um, you did it all. Yeah, <laughs> played a little <laughs> linebacker, played played defensive tackle, did a lot of things, and um, I didn't mind uh, because I felt so good about the conversation that I had had with Frank, and he needed a lineman. You know, he was very upfront with me uh, and said, "Now listen, if you don't want to do this, that's fine, uh, and be upfront with owners as you're talking to them." But for me. I didn't mind playing O-line in exchange for getting opportunities to do other things because at the end of the day, my ultimate goal was to, is to be an owner. And so uh, getting a chance to go work with him uh, meant if that meant playing O-line, I, I was okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I had other teams that had talked to me about possibly being a kicker and, um, and I was all right with that too. You know, if that had worked out, I, I would have been perfectly fine with that. Um, and I thought for a while, you know, like he said to me numerous times, if you've got other opportunities to go other places, do other things, you just, just, uh, be upfront and honest with me. But for me, uh, being who I am, um, it was important to me to keep my word. And I had said to him early on in the process, if you draft me as an O-lineman, I'll be happy to be there. And so, uh, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to ask anybody to not draft me, him or anybody else. Um, I wanted to be good to my word and, and felt like that that would be, uh, would pay off for me in the long run in the league. So 
Um, I don't mind being an offensive lineman. I kind of like it. Um, that's where I am now as a player, and I want to be the best one. You know, so I'm I'm going to make those progressions, and I'm going to uh, work hard within our organization and uh, learn as much as I can. And um, I know I could probably do other things in other positions. Uh, you know, like when I get a team someday. But honestly, I probably will just stay there because me being an offensive lineman will help our football team. And if I'm playing some other skill position, then that's an opportunity somebody else doesn't have. And I'm all right with that. So that's kind of why I am where I am. Um, you know, I, I'm used yeah. to it. So it's no yeah. big deal. Now, do you see uh, do you see the old lineman being you like? How do you see the old lineman being used in the future? I I, I mentioned this before with some folks, uh, like Ben, and he brought up a good point where it was uh, you know, starting to take the game into the trenches, right? And the way you can do that, and games are won in the trenches, right? Is having people have more ownership into being an offensive lineman. Right now, it's not the uh, glamorous role but to me right. football is one in the trenches you have a strong offensive yeah, line I... you can do anything in offense you have a uh, 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 elite defensive front seven you can make things happen right uh, as we said you know kind of talk about my Washington football team right having eight sacks this last game but, yeah they lit it up <laughs> they lit it up right they but did. you can great. see that you you can see that you need to have both sides because they used to have a really good line. This line that we have now is untested. The right side is is Sheriff and, and Moses, but the left side in the center is Chase Rulier, who's been around for a little bit. But Chase has his his he can have his issues too. But that left side is untested. It is a second year left tackle who was a swing tackle last year, uh, who was probably the worst tackle in week one. And then a left guard who we thought was going to be a good replacement to Eric Flowers and basically was put on skates uh, one time that was so bad that I was like, goodness gracious, you're almost about to be in the end zone on how far that guy pushed you. But (laughs) with that being said, right, like, do you see that position maybe changing or do you hope that it changes where people can maybe have a little bit more ownership around being a lineman? I I think it's going to be very important uh, because – uh, one of the things I've learned uh, in my time there in Jacksonville is as I've studied the playbook is uh, what takes place with pass protection. And, uh, you know, it's all there. There are mismatches that take place in there the same as there is out on the edge of the, of the formation. And, you know, it, it really tells on you quickly if somebody ha- in the SFL has invested heavily in defensive tackles and then mm-hmm. you've got uh, generic guards playing in front of them. Uh, you can't get plays off. So, you know, Frank invested in, uh, I think, three rookie offensive linemen this year. And uh, we had, um, you know, we had a lot of discussion about where we're going to place those three people. Uh, And it had had to do with, and again, without giving away any of his secrets, uh, it had to do with, uh, you know, taking advantage of mismatches and knowing a little bit about how pass protection worked within the game and that sort of thing. And, um, it's one more of those things that I, you know, little tricks that I learned from him. And so I only see that expanding. Um, 
people will see what is going on around the league in terms of how people are using their linemen. And then as that becomes more successful, defenses will have to adapt. So they'll have to spend more uh, progression and draft picks and things like that to tilt the, tilt the defensive side of it back in their favor, which means defenses will get better. And then it's, it's just like real-life football. There's always this tilt back and forth between what the offense and defense is doing. And I really see the day when teams are going to have to have five good linemen in front to, to do well. They'll have to have that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's um, the it, next it transition. Maybe, yeah. This, here's a question I have for you is uh, where do you see the league going in terms of um, obviously it's growing. There are more guys that want to play. Uh, we're going to expand by two teams next year. So that'll mm-hmm. be 40 more players that we have uh, spots for. Um, but that may not be enough. So do you, do you see – the human player uh, number increasing as well. I, I can say and, that. And, and where yeah. do we where do we cap the league in terms of the number of teams? It will be at twenty four. Where do you where do you see it going? I think uh, so. Let's look at like uh, the first half, right? And and that was kind of. Do I see more spots opening? Right. Um, or where do I see that maybe being the case? Because we only got 40 coming in with the two new expansions. I do. I think to make this game, because there's different, when you look at how the league has grown, right, from it was only owners, there was no real players playing, to understanding now more plays and how APF works, to then, um, you know, growing teams, and then there was a reduction at teams at one time. And then seeing how progressions came to play, I think then the next, again, logical evolution of the league will be, yes, opening more positions to allow more more, more folks of the community to be involved, right? Because it is frustrating to, to sit on the sidelines if you didn't get into a position that you, you were originally hoping to be, right? And, you, you, right. you know, everybody has the wanting to be drafted, especially in the position that you want to play in. And when it doesn't happen, it, it, it can be quite frustrating. There was a lot of frustrating situations that I reached out to some players on to try to help them go through that frustration because it sucks, right? It just, let's call it for what it, do, it is. It sucked. So I think naturally with that, with these two new expansions and potentially adding where you can maybe get more spots would help. But I think there's also the, the, the part that we have to think of is the competitive edge. Um, there's a part where Cam talks about in that documentary where he says that there's a cap for a reason. The cap is to give everybody an even playing field and and go and say, okay, this is your cap. You can't pass your cap. But how you want to progress people, how you want to build your strategy around that uh, is going to be key for your successes. And that kind of gives it where it's more of a strategic game than it is just getting the best players possible. Because, you know, Cam was explaining how there was times where some some organizations had 30 players in their locker room. This is before they had, like, the cap and the, and the positions and everything like that. Some organizations had 30. Some organizations didn't. They barely had anybody. They couldn't even have anybody in their league or in their in their organization, right? 
and it's for other things, right? Like, you know, people they brought in and then how the locker room is engaged. But I think naturally it has to open up more positions with as well as the expansions, right? Because we're growing so exponentially that I think if you don't, you're you're going to get people who get frustrated and say, hey, I want to leave this server. And I know there has been some people who have left this server for whatever reason it is, right? Um, but the goal is to try to retain as many people to get this to be out there even more in the limelight so we're able to really build something in. I think if we do it right, then the SFL can be a real East. not only want to say it's not a real eSport, but a more mainstream eSport that gets national recognition than, than, than it currently gets now. Because the story right now is, you know, I've seen it on TV, so Cam making that move not too long ago to get HD quality and then put themselves put himself on TV really made a factor into what you're seeing now on television. So I think again that natural evolution will go there. Now your second question, your second question, I, do, I don't want to mess it up. So the second question was what? One more time. Just uh, where do you think we'll go with the number of teams at some point? Yeah, um, and where will we cap? Um, yeah, that's going to be tricky. It depends on how we, if we listen as a organization. We, You know, the thing is that I say is not everybody's going to be happy with the organization, okay? You cannot make any, everybody happy, unfortunately, right? As much as you try, people are going to complain about how it's an advantage to this person, that person, blase, blase. But if they can listen, because a collection of minds is better than a single mind. And I don't think that that's not the case. I think there is some folks that do listen and do want change and do want to and really do care for this league as a league, not just as an individual organization, that they want to see that success. I think the cap, I, I can't really give you a number because that really depends on how we go from here. Right. There were gripes with the with the with the SFLM. There was loopholes with the draft and and um, and, and the um, supplemental draft. Right. There were there were things that people weren't happy about. And I listen because I care for this league so much that even to my players, if they had gripes with some of these situations that's happened. Right. Like people have gripes with um, with players being able to walk off the street and pick up a star contract. I think people have reasons to be mad. And I think if we don't listen and figure out a solution. It doesn't have to be a solution where everybody wins, unfortunately. But a solution that gives a guideline and give us a understanding of how to manage in this league where you don't feel like the next person's getting an advantage because either relationship or uh, status or whatever it is, it gives everybody a fair shot. And you coming, if you potentially get your bid, it's something that you you would notice because you're like, man... I wish I had the same opportunities as a fill-in-the-blank team. But people have to try to come and buy into your potential bid and, and what your potential organization's goals are and values and everything else to say, hey, I want to go there. And then, of course, rookies will always want to play where rookies want to go, but it's also making an impression to veterans to say, hey, come here as well. Because some veterans, you know, just like anybody, hey, I want to win a championship. I got told right. that by some veterans saying, I want to win a championship. So I appreciate the offer. I appreciate you reaching out to me, but I'm going to go here because 
I have a chance to win a championship, which is respectable. I appreciate honesty because I'm honest as well. But I think it's hard to really put a number on where we're going to cap this if we don't address certain issues. If we can address it and make it where it is competitive again, right, the concept of why the cap is there, then, hey, we can go to 32 teams. Why not? But it does take people who really want to own teams to understand the responsibility of owning a team. It's not yeah. easy. It's not a, well, you know, it's a video game. Today I don't feel like getting on, or today I'm having a bad day, so I don't really want to be in the locker room. Like, you can't. You have to always be on for your organization. And you have to always care about the guys who are there, and you always have to be in communications with your front office, and you always have to be in communication with your coaching staff. And honestly, if you don't have a strong spouse that supports that, that can make it even more difficult. Yeah. But I think that's the things that folks don't put into positions or understanding and understanding how much you really have to invest in this bid. And it cannot be a half-assed bid, right? It can't be something that you didn't think about. It can't be something that doesn't feel realistic. I think that's a suggestion that I have for expansion teams. You've got to make it feel realistic, it may be a cool name, but if I can't buy into the realism or I don't feel like that could be a real team, then it just it kills that understanding of what you're trying to accomplish. You're trying to make it just like Cam said, his vision for the league is to make it as real as possible. Your goal as an organization is to make it as real as possible and taking whatever city you want or whatever logo that really represents that city and has a message behind it makes it even cooler. Right. But if you can think in that in that standpoint and you really take a responsibility of being an owner, then you'll see the, the, the 32 teams and the successes and people really making that difference. It's cool right. to see the growth. Right. Like last year, I think it was a couple of years before that, before two new expansion teams had happened. Right. Which is Portland and Fort Worth. If you if, that wasn't really a thing, so you had to buy a team off of somebody, right? But now we're going into season 16, and now two other teams are being added, so that's cool. But that question's kind of hard if we don't grow together and we don't figure this out together and not shun people out, you know, and we all do this together because if we do, then yeah, we can have 32 teams, we can maybe even have more, but people have to take it serious. And it always has to be at the end of the day protecting the brand and protecting the SFL as a whole. So maybe we can have 32 teams. Maybe we got to stick at you know these last these next two bids, and maybe we have to chill there for a little bit until we can find a happy medium where we continue right. having new subscribers. We continue having um, sustainable, uh, reoccurring uh, revenue, right? Residuals, right? coming in because it allows more for the league and it allows us to really invest in this product that we already believe in now so hopefully i, I got to answer both of your questions and i know maybe you wanted an exact number or anything like that but well, i did want to know yeah you i know, just wanted to you know like what the thought process would be there and it seems to me that if if the uh league continues to grow in the way that i think it will i mean esports at, at, at every level is really growing and yeah. uh, I don't, I don't know how. I kind of don't know how you do cap it. 
you know, you guys are offering a really, in my opinion, a pretty good thing. Um, it's something that not a lot of people know about yet, but I, the word is out. You know, obviously, I mean, I found it. And, uh, we, you know, here in West Virginia, I don't think anybody knew about it. You know, and <laughs> yeah. when I told, you know, my buddies about there, they're, they're all like, wow, that is really cool. And, you know, so there are six of us now that are playing. And I, I just think that once the word gets out, um, that's one of the reasons why we decided to use this market because it's really untapped and we think there's a lot of potential for it. Yeah. And, and that's the, that's the part, right? The real research behind it. Um, that's my feedback for people who are doing expansions. Do your feed, get feedback, really look at it realistically and see how it will grow the league. If you can, if you, if you put in the end of the day, how it can grow the league and make us better, then by all means, put in your bid. If you just want to be an owner because you think it's cool, you think it's it's if you did it, it's going to be so much easier and you're not understanding how much the work that's going to need to be put in in that research like you talked about, right? West Virginia being an untapped market right now. Um, I didn't know about the league. I, my My experience of hearing the league was by word of mouth. I didn't see it on TV. I didn't see it on YouTube. Right. I was playing Madden general manager, so I would whatever Madden was coming out, I wasn't looking to find hacks and all that stuff. I was playing the game for what it was, so I would have probably not seen the simulation football league normally like everybody else. But I'm happy about it. And, and, and if you can look up teams and say, oh, you know, what's in West Virginia? Well, we all know that West Virginia is a huge volunteer, right? They love. Uh, the University of West Virginia, right? Like it even trickles right. into Maryland, which we're neighbors, right? Right. I think again, that's where you really have to think about it and 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 take that, and that's why you can't. You have to cap it at some space because there's going to pe- be people coming in here saying, "I'm gun ho to do this," but if you don't show that willingness and that understanding, and it's a balance, right? You're coming into a league that people have been here for years so then how do you take that knowledge and how do you take their experiences and then take those and then take these new rookies who have new visions and new ideas and new ways of doing things and meshing that together and creating something even better that's going to take time that's not going to be something that you can just do overnight and you can't just give that to everybody so it sucks to have a cap or a a, a, a growth like that where it's two teams now back to back but you got to play it safe because it it doesn't look good when you have let's just say we get up to 32 teams and then you have to cut four of them it's not a good look that doesn't right. show always in the in the in the public eye it doesn't always show success in the business sense sometimes that can be the case like in my job you know we close down stores and it's just because it doesn't make sense anymore. The, le- the the lease owner wants so much money and it just doesn't make sense, but we'll make money some other way because we have a store 10 minutes away from here. Right. So in that standpoint, yes, it's it's best for you and you're trimming the fat to figure out what your business is making the mo- most profit of. But if you grow too quickly and then you have to trim it down on the public eye or the public perception, it can change into being unstable and it can change into being a not a league that is it, it may seem to them here today gone tomorrow so that hopefully that answers it but that's kind of the way that i see it 
Yeah, I think, um, well, you know, you've, you've touched on that quite a bit, and it's what we, we believe in, too, as we've studied this, is that um, I guess the league will mirror sort of like what I'm saying about uh, how we would build our team. It's about what your the strength of your people is. So as long as there are people coming in and they want to do things to be uh, part of an organization, then there's a reason to continue to grow. Yeah. And if that stops for any reason, then you can't get, you can't just keep marching teams out there. So, you know, for us, I just know this, we're really excited and, and I've been asking a lot of questions and trying to be as well prepared as we can in spite of the fact that we're all fairly new. Uh, I think we recognize, my group recognizes where we might be uh, solid and where we're going to need help. And um, that's just, that's been part of it. You know, the whole process of learning what it's going to take to put together a successful bid really has been a lot of fun. We've learned a lot about uh, organization and how people uh, are getting it done across the league. So yeah. we've taken bits and pieces of that and tried to put together our plan. And, uh, you know, we're going to see how that goes You know, pretty soon, it sounds like. Yeah. And I think uh, other things to look at, too, is branding, right? That's why I said make it realistic. You're, you're responsible for your branding. You know, you're going to have a Sector 6 store. And if your brand isn't something that will sell or isn't a brand that is recognized just by the logo or by the colors or whatever it is, you could be missing out as well on growing the league for that reason. Um, right. So I think I think that's just great things to kind of share, and I'm glad you're learning some stuff and taking it, you know, piece by piece because it is. And there's some folks out here that are really pushing their bids more than others, and it's understandable, right? But I, I think if you don't take the time to see what others have experienced or what got them to be in the position you want to be in, then you could be potentially missing out. And if this happens again where you don't get your bid, then did you learn something to then the next time it's around, you making it even better so you don't lose out on that next bid? Right. But since we're talking about kind of, you know, um, learning from, to kind of get to the, the <clears throat> that segment so we can move on to your team itself, um, what have you learned while being in the league? You know, um, being in this small time between Annapolis and getting to Jacksonville and everything. What have you learned so far? Well, the uh, the top thing is the importance of the locker room, and you know, keeping guys uh, happy with their role, um, and then balancing the whole idea of you know being able to put together a game plan that is competitive, while at the same time giving guys opportunities. That's going to be uh, for any team, that's going to be the thing in this league, in my opinion. And so, you know, I paid a lot of attention to how uh, that took place in Annapolis. Uh, I, I really felt like they did a good job of getting the the ball into the hands of the people that were going to do good things for them. And we do that in Jacksonville as well. If we have a game uh, where, you know, a certain position uh, had openings, and the ball didn't get there, you know, for whatever reason. As you know, they, there's the play, and then there's what our artificial intelligence does with it sometimes. Mm -hmm. But uh, Frank has learned uh, he's good at. He's good at being able to tweak, 
uh, percentages and what plays he has in his playbook file to try to make sure that the ball gets in the, the hands of that player going forward. And all of our guys get that. And, uh, no, you know, we don't have a lot of complaining about much of anything other than the AI at times drives us a little crazy. But um, everybody kind of gets how hard Frank works at trying to put together a good game plan. And he's real open. He's very honest with, you know, his process um, you know, in terms of trying to make it good for players. And that's what we're going to try to do, you know, with West Virginia as well is, uh, make it where you know there are opportunities as players, and make it where there's opportunities within the actual organization itself for people to do things. Because you want those people, you want people to to grow the league, and the way that you do that is by um, getting subscriptions sold, and then retaining the ones that you have sold. And you know, not only do you want to bring in new ones, but you want to keep people uh, coming back for more. Um, for me. The thing I like about this is it's a controllerless league. Um, you know, you watch on TV all the time about the Madden tournaments and things like that, and mm-hmm. you and I both know we've played enough video games that there are certain things that you can do within those games that um, they're not realistic. Uh, people go for it on, on fourth and long and make it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reality is in football, that's not the way it, it works. Uh, and that's what I like about this. It, it, it mimics uh, the real game pretty closely. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's one of the things that I've learned. The other thing is just, uh, you know, how important relationships are. And, uh, you know, I keep coming back to relationships and customer service, but I really think that's what this, this is all about. And over time, uh, for any organization, that's what's going to play out. Yeah. I, I think uh, that's that's a good standpoint to look at because you got to look at it in that big spectrum i think some people look at ownership as owning a video game you look at it as literally owning a business and if you don't have those mindsets of taking care of your employees right because you have to have happy employees to have great customer service but you also have to have happy customers and that's what spends the money like they they all play a factor you can't make money without happy employees. You can't make money without happy customers. And when you have both, profits skyrocket. But if you right. don't look at it as a business and you just look at it as a, as a person who's owning a team just to be like, hey, it's a video game, you're looking at it wrong. And that's what's fun about this league is that you're able to do what you do in Madden in a real standpoint and get to meet people and put a potential product out there and Instead of you being Madden famous, you're SFL famous, right? And um, you're right. on live TV, which how many people can say that? We're on live radio right now. We're live on the air. And soon we're going to move to the podcast section. So we're not going to hear a transitional dip, but the listeners tonight will hear that. But if they're calling in, which some people are, then they're still able to hear the podcast version. And if you're not, uh, if you do want to call in, the number uh, is put on the uh, post as well for the folks that are listening. So you are able to call in and listen in. If not, once we're done, it actually goes into podcast mode and you can just click on it um, or you can search on it on whatever streaming podcast you like, whether it's Apple Music or Spotify or whatever. But I do want folks to know that we're getting to that time and we're going to still be able to continue, Dave, and, and the listeners who are calling in to listen um, but if you do hear a it gone, well, 
you'll know what to do from there. But um, yeah, like basically the stuff that you we're talking about now, it's it plays a factor into how you look at this team. And we're gonna get into the the side of the meat and potatoes of what made you choose a team, what what made you choose West Virginia. We kind of talked about it, it being untapped market, but how far does that untapped market go? Um, and those kind of stuff. Just listen and stay tuned, and we'll continue on. But I think those are great stuff that you learned, Dave. Um, so far, it being in the league, and it really helps people understand that you have to look at it differently. That's the difference in bids. If somebody's not going to take it serious, then we're not going to vote you up. It just right. you're voted in by owners. So the owners who have been here who are thinking that way and you come in and you say, I just want to own a team because it, it, it looks cool. You're not doing it right. And you hear it all the time with new people. I want to own a team. I want to own a team. I want to own a team. But if you don't take that consideration and understand the work it's about to be, and it's not a turn off work, like even when you're at work, you're still doing work for the SFL sometimes. Um, that shows you how much of a dedication it needs to be and how much fun it is and engaging it is. Um, right. Before we get into the, the team side, the last thing I want to ask for the SFL, and then we're going to get into that side, is the be- best SFL memory so far. So what is your best SFL memory uh, going into this season, even into the minors? <laughs> well, uh, my first game, honestly, in the minors with Annapolis, um, they hadn't kicked for a bit of field goals. And, uh, but, but the, uh, I signed with them and then, you know, you don't get to play in the very first game. I signed, I signed in the middle of the week and they had a game already scheduled. So, uh, the guy who was kicking, uh, previous to me was still on the roster. And so I'm watching the game and he kicks the game winner. And I'm thinking, <laughs> well, there's no pressure there. You know, I'm replacing the guy who just kicked the game winning field goal for, you know, for Annapolis. And then, uh, so there was that, uh, and I'm thinking, I wonder how good my kicker will really be, you know, being at uh, the, the very bottom of the value of a player and that sort of thing. And uh, I was actually, honestly, kind of a little bit nervous about that. So I get into my first game and I kick six field goals. I attempted more field goals than they had the entire season up to that date and made all of them. And so, you know, and the whole Legatron thing. And so for me, it was just so much fun, you know, hearing that and seeing that and being a part of it. And uh, I was hooked, you know, I was hooked with that. Um, with yeah. Jacksonville, my, uh, some of my early memories were um, our, in our in, inter-squad scrimmages. Uh, we, have a, we have a couple really good defensive linemen. And in our scrimmages, I was getting knocked on my rear end a lot. Because their mm-hmm. their progressions are high, and I was thinking, "Wow, man, this is going to be interesting watching this player play out through the season." But what I and I think that goes back to what you were asking me about the value of linemen as time goes by. What I yeah. learned was I was facing really good ones, and as the team as the season's gone on and my players progressed, I've seen my player get better and play well, and. Um, it's a factor. Yeah. Uh, some of our some of our success this year is because we are really good on our defensive line, and uh, that'll force other people to to spend points on offensive linemen because we're yeah. good. We're very good up front. Yeah, you guys are, and it, you know, 
right now you guys are definitely a challenging team, you know, and but you know when Jacksonville was Tallahassee, they've won some championships. So you have that cha- that championship caliber with your organization and everything else. Um which I think is great and I think those are great memories and you're right. You know, we talked about winning in the trenches and that's a great example of it. Um before we continue on, right? I just want to thank the listeners who are listening so far live. If you want to call in, you know, the number is on the post, but it's 516-418-5467. You can just call in and listen. Um, but for those who are, thank you again. So I'm sorry about that, right? The transition ends up being a little bit uh, much. And I like for folks to know exactly uh, that we're in the podcast section now, right? And I think this, because this is such a, a deep uh, subject that we're about to get into, Dave, I think okay. it's great that uh, you get the chance to really speak on it. Because I, I think, again, what you're trying to accomplish needs to happen, right? Like, and I don't just mean like in general, right? But like, you you have a good concept of what you want to accomplish out of here. And you you, you really talked about today... I think uh, kind of a standpoint of like again how how you're looking at your team and and what you're trying to accomplish with it and you know I think you gave really good tidbits and and this show is to have that right it's to give you that platform it's to sh- celebrate those wins with you right or what you're trying to accomplish and give people an opportunity a reference point to get to and if somebody's able to learn right like if they listen to the show. And listen to the podcast and said, hey, I learned something today. Um, that's really key, right? Um, but, you know, what made you want a team to begin with? Like, why was that such a huge goal to be able to accomplish? Well, for me, you know, after 30 years of running high school teams, um, you know, it's, it's, I'm closer to the end of my career than I am to the beginning. And uh, but I still love the camaraderie and the chemistry of a team, and I feel like I have some skill there that uh, would be important in building a team, and it'll be a chance for me to continue on doing uh, the things I've done my whole life and that I've you know that I just really love. So you know, for me, there was no other choice. You know, once I decided to to get into it, I was going to try to learn everything I could as quickly as I could about it, and then. You know, try to get my own team. For that reason, it's it's going to be something that uh, feeds the competitive fire that we all still feel. Uh, and the advantage of the SFL is, I don't have to go to two a days anymore. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I'm, I'm excited about that part, and uh, that's really what it's all about is um, the whole chemistry thing of a team, and you know, having uh, good relationships with your teammates and building camaraderie and. And, uh, and for me, it's it's an opportunity to give back and continue doing uh, the thing that has really been my life's work. Yeah. And it gives you, that's, that's the part that's really cool, right? Like, how many times can you say, hey, I own a team, right? I, I say that now, and I got a couple people from work to, to, to join me uh, into the league, right? And um, it's it's fun to be part of this. Like I said, I'm not an owner. I'm a general manager. But as a general manager, you have to take ownership just like if it's your team. And um, I think if you don't 
had that mindset of saying like, hey, this is mine too, and you protect it and do you know whatever's best for that organization, just like you would do with the league, that's what makes you want to have a team. And my whole message to folks tonight was like, hey, hopefully you really took the time to put thought into this, right? This is not like you're, you're just your little like jumping on Madden type of situation, just creating a team. Like you have to have something that's marketable, that's that does best for the players, right? Because there's great players out here that we have in this league. And honestly, if, if we don't have and every every team is going to run their stuff differently but we at least know the common goal of what we're trying to accomplish and i think again if that's recited what i was trying to recite on the live air in case somebody didn't get a chance to listen to the podcast was hey you know uh take this serious don't don't sleep on this or try to you know half you know half do it because you know, you realize how much work it is. And I hope they understand it's a lot of work. I don't own a team, but I understand how much, what it takes to own a team. And sometimes yeah, it does take uh, out of your pocket too. Yeah. 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 We've, we've worked, uh, you know, we've, we put a lot of time in just in brainstorming how to put a bid together and, yeah. uh, you know, asking, hopefully asking the right questions about how to be successful in the bid process. And we've done a lot of research and put a lot of thought into um, everything about who we are as a brand and where we're going to be and uh, what we hope to do with the market and that kind of thing. And, uh, I mean, everything from, you know, like there's been discussion of a couple different color schemes and we, um, do you want to talk about that now or do you want to, you want, to you want me to hold off on that a little bit or what, what do you think? Well, no, nah, let's, let's do it because... The questions that I send, and I always mention this, right? I do send questions to guests, right? Like, I don't I don't hide that. But the only reason yeah. why I do that is, one, for me to not get off topic too much. Because it can happen with the excitement of the my guests and, and getting to know them and everything. Yeah. But it also <laughs> gives me an opportunity to make sure I hit everything that I can to give my guests sure. the best opportunity to... You know, share who they are, share what they want to share. And then at the same time, too, um, it helps me uh, uh, also identify and, 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 and make this easy. So we can go any way you want. Like, we can start talking about kind of the uh, process when it came down to maybe choosing, you know, the name. How did we fall on Virginia, West Virginia Wild? Um, and then you can talk about, yeah, like, like the color schemes maybe what the original color scheme was and maybe why that changed. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's go into it. Okay. Well, you know, um, when I, when I joined the league before I had talked to any of my buddies about what I was doing, um, you know, I'd made up my mind, you know, that I wanted to get a team at some point. And originally my thought was, uh, being, you know, you mentioned you were a historian. I'm, I'm a little bit of a football historian buff myself and, I knew the story of the 1925 Pottsville Maroons uh, there in Pennsylvania and how they had uh, really won the NFL championship, but it was stripped from them by a technicality and a rule over um, uh, territories and playing in cities, you know, hosting games in cities where you shouldn't be hosting games. And I thought, man, it would be so cool to have an expansion team and honor the 1925 Pottsville Maroons. 
So originally, I was going to name, I was going to use that name, and I even went so far as to um, contact the mayor of Pottsville uh, and ask him, oh, wow. you know, were there still, you know, people around? Because they've been they've been disputing that lost world championship ever since 1925. So oh, wow. um, I got permission from the mayor to use to use the name and their logo, and. Um, so, and I thought that would have made for really a cool story. But as my, uh, as my group developed and, and players that I know um, joined the league and we decided to put a bid in together, I thought to myself, well, it's not really right for me to say to these other guys, yes, I want you to be part of my ownership group, but let me tell you how every single thing is going to be done. So we had uh, a Zoom meeting one night just to work out the details of who we were going to be. And we had, I I really felt like some good conversation. And uh, we decided that it was probably more important to use the market that we lived in uh, for a lot of reasons. I mean, I have 30 years of um, experience in this state in coaching. And over that time, I've built up relationships with the local media. So I feel pretty safe in saying that I can talk to uh, people with newspapers and local TV. And, um, you know, if we're lucky enough to get a team, then, you know, we'll get some airtime. That'll get uh, our brand out and we'll get the league out to people. And that'll be a good thing for us. So we decided to go with um, West Virginia as our name. Uh, we, We picked the state. Uh, because we're not the most populous area, but we have rich tradition, especially in football. Yeah. So we felt like representing the entire state was better than picking one city. Uh, West Virginia, as you may know, has no uh, professional sports teams. Yeah. So we felt like it was important to represent the entire state. And we talked about a handful of... uh, Prior to that, we had some really cool ideas for names. Like, uh, we thought about uh, using the city in near Ontario called Thunder Bay, and you know, for a football team, being called Thunder Bay sounded really cool. Yeah, it does. And we we pitched uh, pitched names back and forth on that one, but ultimately we settled on our, our home market. Uh, we wanted something a name that um, represented our state. And, of course, the state slogan is uh, Wild and Wonderful West Virginia. So yeah. we thought that's just too easy to not call it West Virginia Wild. Uh, so that's how we arrived at the name. Um, with the color scheme, we felt like – I remember reading about when the Seattle Seahawks were an expansion team that they had picked um, – the green that they are wearing at the time was to represent the forest – in the area, the blue was to represent the ocean, and the silver was re- to represent uh, the fact that their climate is is kind of gray and rainy a lot. And they had so they had a reason for everything they were doing. Yeah. So we we felt it was important to do that in our representation of West Virginia as well. So um, I was talking to a state senator a few years back about a grant that I was writing for a school I was working at, and she. Uh, was telling me about how West Virginia is 97% covered in forest and it's the third most heavily forested state in the country. And so for us, you know, as we were talking about our color scheme, I said, we can't, 
you know, we have to be green to represent our state. Yeah. And uh, and then, of course, you know, you're you're a local, uh, pretty much. So you understand the value of the coal industry in mm-hmm. West Virginia. And even though, uh, as time goes by, we'll probably move away from that as a as a fuel source. But right now, it's still big. And so we wanted to honor our heritage in our state by using uh, black and charcoal as, as a couple of our team colors. So we, we really um, didn't just pick something that would look cool. We spent time talking about what would be a good representation for us. And we think those colors will do well in our state, especially when people understand why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah, um, and I, really and I think like, that matters. Yeah, I think it's very important. You know, it's, it's part of marketing. And, you know, we have a rich tradition in college football with WVU and with Marshall. I mean, there's a great story there at Marshall uh, about how that program was kind of resurrected following a, a tragic airplane crash back in the 1970s. And we just feel like by honoring our own state that we'll, we will tap into um, a rich tradition and really have uh, the potential for a great fan base. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I said volunteers, but it's the Mountaineers, right? Right. Um, right. And the, um, and, and Mel will kill me because I know he went to uh, University of Tennessee and they're the volunteers. So he probably <laughs> was, I'm surprised he didn't text yeah. me and say, what's wrong with you? Don't mix me up with uh, West Virginia. Right. But um, <laughs> it, it's, it's again, yeah, you're right. It's all part of West Virginia culture. Right. And for us in Maryland, when we want to connect with nature, and it's a popular spot, it's Harper's Ferry. Right. We go there yep. and we get to experience the rivers and, you know, the wilderness and everything else. And there's a, a huge culture with it. And I have a fun fact about the Mountaineers. Uh, I have a friend of mine who played in the Tocito Bowl with uh, West Virginia from the oh. area and whatnot. So West Virginia itself kind of means even more because it's somebody I knew. And I remember talking with him. We hired him at, at my store, and he was our asset protection guy. He played defensive end. Um, and his dad actually played for the Raiders and uh, and whatnot. So, you know, he had NFL lineage, and I remember always being kind of taken back and being like, man, you know, and he always talked about the pride that West Virginia had in the Mountaineers and whatnot but to hear everything kind of play together that's the stuff that matters and that's what i hope people look at when they create their team is there stuff that there's substance behind it you're right you didn't choose the name because it was just a cool name or you didn't just choose this color because it was a cool color it represented what you wanted to show as a as a organization and to connect with the uh state that you are representing and I think that's yeah, the part really, that, yeah. We really feel that that's important for the league in general. That you know, we view the SFL really as one team. We would be a branch office in West Virginia, and that if things go well for us in West Virginia, and they go well for you in Portland, uh, then the league does well too. And uh, exactly. you know, one of the things I, I talked about in, is that we're an untapped market, and I don't know how much. Uh, people really know about the SFL across our state yet, but I really think that uh, a good goal for us is that at some point, uh, maybe we're able to fill our roster out with with uh, players who are native to West Virginia, because 
if that happens, that means that the, the word about this league has gotten out across our state. And the growth of our own roster with homegrown people will indicate growth of the league overall. Yeah, of course. You know, I always think that if you can keep the product that makes you key, like I always talk about Maryland, right? Maryland has really good football players. I think now, you know, Chase Young coming from Maryland and uh, Dwayne Haskins spending time in Maryland. He's from New York, but he spent a good portion of his time in Maryland. Uh, Ronald Darby, who's on the team, right? Like I always talk about uh, Tim Settles from uh, Manassas, Virginia. Uh, uh, Jonathan Allen is from Virginia as well. Like having these people who are part of the story helps them have pride and, and, and speak about it more, but they also have more ownership and buy-in because it is a home team. And a good kind of parallel to that is, is, is ourselves with uh, John Trusman. John Trusman's from Oregon. So he has a huge pride in the fleet because this is where he's from. Now we have people from all over the, the United States, right? So that doesn't take away from like Shad, who's in you know Georgia, or Derwin, who's in California, and you know uh, Gary Bernie, who's in Texas, and uh, Big BP uh, in in Virginia, right? Like we all come together for the same concept because what we have is special with the concept of Portland and a fleet units moving together, you know, as a team, because uh, that's what you know fleets are. It's just it's a bunch of boats, but it's that concept of that unity and, and being together and, you know, a fleet of ships, warships, you know, it meant we were going to war. And uh, what Portland is and everything else, it's, it's been very fun. And I think what you're sharing is digging very deep into into that concept and, and give people some buy-in into the organization because it means much more than just a gimmick. It, it has substance right. behind it and it has a lot of history behind it. And it'll make it very easy for people to support it because they can see exactly what you're talking about. And when you say it, they're going to have that aha moment. Um, but I think having homegrown is, is definitely important at the end of the day. But like I said, in this league, what's really cool is that you have people from all walks of life. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I named a couple places and one of our guys on our team is lives all the way and and he's in he's from Canada but he he's in the UK currently but in the UK right like that's huge um but if they're able to have ownership in in your organization that that's even crazier because they're not from there but they may love it as much as if they were there and as long as it's something that they can believe in shoot you know homegrown or not you just want the people to believe in what your message is and what you're trying to accomplish and if they learn the history right. as much as anybody else, then it's almost like they're, they're homegrown products, right? I agree with that totally. You know, and um, uh, as, I, you know, as I mentioned before, you know, the, the message, the idea of that we're one league uh, really working together, that's not lost on us. You know, we're, uh, we want to be good citizens among what's going on there. And, and uh, I can promise you, we're going to work really hard to put out a good product. Yeah, I believe it. I think you did a lot of research and um, it's fun. Like that's the stuff I like. That's the whole concept of the show um, was to really give substance and, and understanding and 
uh, give my guests the opportunity to really be able to speak and share, highlight, and who they are as people. Now, was the what other options did you have? So, were there other options on the table originally with the original concept of where your team may, may have been at, or or the name? Maybe not, it wasn't wild, but it was other options from there. Well, we yeah, we had a we had a lengthy conversation about that, and some of it was pretty comical, um, and some of you know most of it was very serious because we you know we understood that it was uh, really a business decision. You know, what our brand was going to be was important, not only to us, but it would be important to our league as well. But I'll, I'll tell you that uh, one of the, uh, you know, in trying to come up with something that was unique, we floated a couple different ideas out there. Um, before we arrived at West Virginia, you know, we we talked about Thunder Bay in, in Canada, you know, and, and that's not too far from us. Um, so we felt like that was regional enough that we could, you know, kind of justify that. We were going to be the Thunder Bay Bulls. We talked about that. Um, I had suggested that we ought to be the West Virginia Polecats. You know, there aren't too many professional teams named after a skunk. And uh, <laughs> so, we, 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 you know, Polecat Pride, baby, that was, that was my motto. Um, and then, but when we settled on West Virginia Wild, we felt like that left room for what we want to do as far as a logo goes, uh, and that it really spoke about our state. Um, we talked about, you know, as I mentioned, the Pottsville Maroon. Uh, we also looked at um, some names of some cities in Alaska that would have uh, had um, just a good ring to it, you know. Uh, we found a, a little village in, in Alaska called Moose Creek, and we talked about naming our team uh, the Moose Creek Bulls. So there were uh, a handful of things like that. We talked about being in Florida and calling ourselves the Sharks. But at the end of the day, when we, when one of the guys pitched the idea of being the West Virginia Wild, because it left room for what our mascot, what our logo was going to be, uh, we were also happy with it that there just wasn't anything else. And we felt like that name and that concept uh, was something we could really sell to the league in terms of it's a market that we represent, and uh, with the color scheme and the name, we we think that that'll go well in our you know in inside of our own borders, so to speak. Um, we didn't want to step on the toes of anybody uh, who is currently in the middle of expansion process themselves in terms of their logo. Yeah. Uh, so we've talked about you know like right now we're we're leaning towards a coyote. Uh, but, you know, let's say, for example, that uh, the team in L.A. gets uh, a bid, and so do we. Uh, I think they're wanting to use a Wolf logo, and, and in doing what is good for the league, uh, we would be all right with if we used an elk or a moose or a bear. Uh, you know, bears are pretty native to West Virginia, too. So yeah. uh, we felt like the name left us with room to be good citizens within our league. That, that's that's really cool to hear, Dave, because I think uh, that consideration is, is something that's needed, right? And um, that flexibility, too, because if you were to get in, they say, hey, so-and-so got this, you're able to move in a light that still represents your team and then still represents your state and still gives a appealing logo 
um, regardless of deciding what you can choose. And that flexibility. And it doesn't let us. It yeah, doesn't let us wander too far from what we really want to be, you know. So um, we, we're happy with that, and uh, you know, we feel like it'll fit who we are, uh, but it'll also be a good representation of our league as well. Yeah, I, I feel the same way, and I think um, when you can have that flexibility, it's nice, right? Because your original concept still gets to play its, its part. And you don't want to step on nobody's toes, right? Like, everybody has the right to think of their own team. Um, Even myself, right? Like, eventually, in the future, I I would definitely love to own a team. Uh, The reason why I don't do it now is just because of the time. Like, I just don't have the the, the time that I would like to dedicate. And I really do want to see Portland through. Like, Jacob and Mel are two of the most stand-up men that I know in this league and it wouldn't it wouldn't be right to not win a championship or do this with them, right? Until I can see it through and we really build consistency, I don't want to be anywhere else, or I don't want to do um, anything else as of yet until I can help that be the case, and then I can see where my time is at and see where my where my career path is at as well to see how they can play hand in hand. Um, but this creative outlet, right? Like this is another thing that I have that I can't not show appreciation to or give the same type of time because, you know, again, that needs to happen. And I still have goals amongst this platform that I still want to accomplish. Uh, there's still things that I want to do with Portland that we had this idea to do that unfortunately technology didn't allow me to do it at the time. But if I get able to upgrade a few things and I'm able to do the original concept that I had for Portland on how we connect with people too not just on the podcast standpoint and people listening but the vision like they're able to see like a real type of situation a press conference or a real type of interview where um, you feel that quality and it gives content and it gives things outside of when you're done with the video you know with, with the games that are on the screen you're able to go back and watch this content digested like you would for the real teams that are out there in the league. So my goal will be just like yours, but how you're digging into the business, branding, marketing, uh, the, the ins and outs of the colors that you chose, the logos, the everything. It's great content. I hope people really listen to this. I, I, you know, all these shows that I've had, I've had people like yourselves who have shared so many great advice and so many great ideas that I, it, it's what really pumps me up every Friday. Like when I'm off of work and I'm like, man, this week beat my butt up. I'm so excited to get to this portion because it's so cool to start getting to, to, to know people and then get these information that you may not get if you don't find the right people who are willing to share it. So. Yeah. The process itself, right? Are you? I don't want you to get into details too, too much. If there are certain things you can't share, but if you could walk us through what that process looks like for somebody who isn't even having a bid, like they don't have a bid, they have no idea where to start, they have no idea where it even starts. Are you able to walk us through that now, and 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 kind of how that may highlight for somebody maybe looking to do this in the future? Well, you know, I just think you have to have a, you know, you have to have a goal or a dream, and 
And, uh, you know, of course I had one and I, I was able to share that with a couple of my friends and, and, uh, they, they were on board immediately. And, uh, it's for us, it's a chance to, uh, to do something that, uh, you know, in the simulation level that we could never do in the real life world, you know, in terms of owning a professional sports team. Um, we, we all talked about our roles in our meetings, just like when we were talking about taller scheme and branding and that sort of thing. We also talked about what strengths could we bring to the table for an organization. Uh, I've got guys who are uh, in leadership in industry, uh, and that's what their career is. So, you know, getting them to be good in the front office in terms of uh, doing GM work, we feel pretty solid about uh, yeah. in terms of the coaching end of it. You know, I have 30 years of experience in that. So I feel like I have some things to offer along that lines. But with that, uh, we also recognize that we need um, some experience, you know, to go along with our bid. So we're currently seeking people to uh, come in and be uh, coordinators and position coaches and scouts and do that, you know, do that work for us as well. And we're looking for the best and brightest minds that are out there in the league that uh, maybe haven't had much of an opportunity so far, but they're looking for one. Uh, West Virginia is that land of opportunity. And so if you haven't talked to us yet, please send us a direct message. We'd be happy to talk to you and hear your ideas. Um, we know that uh, we will learn from you and we hope that you learn a few things from us and that will all be better because of it in terms of the way we go about our business within the league. So, you know, that's, that's all been part of it. It's been, uh, um, thought provoking. And, uh, you know, as I've talked to other owners about how they do it with, uh, you know, developing culture in the locker room, um, how they put together game plans. You know, so we've tried to look into every piece of what it takes to run a good organization. And, uh, you know, we've been jotting down notes and, you know, one of the things that we felt was important was that not only do we need an, ex an ownership group, but we need to be immersed in the league. So, you know, I've got uh, one guy who is going to uh, apply to be a broadcaster. We felt like it was important to have that available, you know, and know, and know what goes into that. Um, we're all on different teams, either in the minors or currently in the, at the pro level. And uh, we share back and th things back and forth about what uh, what our locker rooms are like, and what works and what doesn't. And uh, so we feel like we have a because our our experience is from different places. Uh, we feel like we can go take the best of what we're experiencing with our current teams and bring that back, and then make our own organization better because of it. Yeah, and and I think. Uh... You have to look at it in all aspects of it. I think um, I have an ideology that there there needs to be everybody who plays a role, right? Uh, you can't have too many chefs in the kitchen. If everybody wants to be a chef, then you have folks who want to pull one way and not the other. You have folks who could potentially try to undermine what other people want to do because they want to do the same thing you do. Or they decide to leave your team because of the opportunity, which is never bad if there's yeah. an opportunity, right? But if you have too many chefs in the kitchen and that opportunity becomes very scarce and now you're trying to uh, accomplish something that it, it, it becomes tough because everybody wants to do something, right? 
and you can lose great players that way. And you can, there's countless stories throughout the league. So I don't have to say a specific one, but I've seen countless situations where somebody left the team. Yes, it was for a better benefit. And you can never, never be mad for somebody growing, right? Like I've always said that if, if I lost an employee because they grew, I, I did my job. But if I lost an employee yeah. because I made their job harder, I made them hate it. They couldn't have fun anymore. Um, then it's it's on me as an owner and as a leader, and I and I have to understand that um, not everybody can be a chef. Some people just got to be, you know, busboys, and some people just have to be sous sous uh, what is that sous chefs or whatever it is, right? Like the, not everybody can be the head of the the kitchen, but um, everybody has to play a part. To the dishwasher, yeah. to the busboy, to the waiters, to you know everything. It's a system. And, um, you know, when you look at that, that's kind of like being balanced with those two people who want to do things and people who just want to play and be players, um, because then you're able to really build that foundation that really matters. And, uh, you don't run into that situation where somebody's like, man, I want to do X, Y, Z, but so-and-so is in that position. And I don't ever see that being something for me, you know, soon. So then now they want to leave you and now they want to do X, Y, Z, which, you know, again, it is in their best benefit, but you don't want to have it where everybody has that mindset. And, but that's just me, right? Um, I do want to have enough people who want to contribute, but I also do want to have enough people who just want to be players because I need them, right? When it's right. time to resign, when it's time to get the next season rolling, I know what they expect. They don't expect anything more and they don't expect anything less. And all I ask for them is to be a great team player and also be, if, if they have the leadership ability, to show that leadership ability. Right? Um, but that's just me. Right? <laughs> just because when you have too many people who want to be leaders, that, that can cause some issues. Where you're like, okay, I got so much talent but now I have, I'm in risk of losing all the talent. <laughs> so then when I need the talent... I may potentially not have it no more because I'm supplying it to everybody and their mama. So right. Right. I think it's always just a balance from there to not. And it's, it, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just a balance. I don't want to have everybody on my team say, I want to be a defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator. But if you want to do that, by all means, I'm going to help you. But I also do want that person that says, no, so I just want to hit somebody. <laughs> I just want to hit somebody and right. I want to get my name called. Cool. We got something for you. Um, and just having that nice balance because at the end of the day, it sucks when you have to restart from scratch. Um, you know, people don't, you, you can't create the, you know, the famous Patriot way because the Patriot way is because there's so many players who have bought in and they own that process. And they say, this is how we do it. Either you're you're with us or we're going to get you kicked out. Not the head coach, not the not the offensive coordinator, defense coordinator. It's going to be us who's going to kick you out because I'm going to go to the coach and say, hey, this dude's not right for us. And you sometimes need that. Uh, just looking at how an organization goes, and but you don't ever want to stifle anybody from their growth. So it's it's a, it's a slippery slope, you know. I've seen where it's gone both ways for people. I've seen where they built great talent that as soon as they lose somebody to a good opportunity, uh, they were able to backfill that properly and still keep the same success of their of their team. But I've seen the opposite where they gave so much, and this person they taught so many people that. They depleted their their talent, and then now you're in a situation where you're constantly refilling your talent, and now you're not able to build off of it because progressions really do play a factor in how your your team stays successful. 
And I always bring up a team like the Sparrows because you don't ever see anybody lead the Sparrows. Not once. Free agency can happen. They will all sign back with, with the Sparrows because they're bought in. They understand what it is. They understand that uh, what they're going to be getting out of Sioux Falls. And that's what you want to strive to be. And even though Sioux Falls isn't the top, you know, Louisiana is with, with Denver, you can still look at those organizations and see the same kind of concept, right? Yeah. So it, it, it just it's a balance that you want to be able to accomplish, but you do want to have those people who really do elevate your 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 organization because they are involved. You know, we have a couple of those in Portland and we have some folks that tell me now that I'm just happy with being a player and I'm okay with that. Because that means that your responsibility is just to check in and be a great team player and support one right. another. And, you know, I, I try to make this as fun as possible where they have a platform to speak. Some of them don't want to speak. Some of them are like, nothing. I don't want to be on the show. It's okay. You don't have to be on the show. But if you did want to have a show and you wanted to feel safe in that space, well, this is what we, we give you. So, you know, I, I think, again, I just want to give you some of my viewpoints because, that you know, you came on here to to share and, and this is part of that creative process but you know if i'm able to also share minds with one another and maybe give you an aspect you might have not thought of before well hopefully that that's something you can be like yo being on the show with nelson i really got something out of it um and that's what it, that's what this is it's not just a one-sided interview but it's it's a conversation amongst two people to really go through and and learn together and and, and share information off of each other so um uh, see the process and is, is there anything like you needed to like was there a like draft that you had to submit or is there a final call type of situation where cam or whoever is like okay i need to have all this all this presentation stuff by this time because you're going to be in front of these people and you're gonna have to sh- sell your bid to the owners like is that is that kind of uh, where that's supposed to lead to or is is it like a step-by-step process like okay this was my original idea, but now this is my second draft, and I take the feedback, and now I'm, I'm re-evolving it. You know, like is is that how that process goes? Well, I know that officially there'll be a uh, an application that the league will release through Discord that all of us putting bids in will have to fill out and submit back to the league. Uh, we felt it was important because we're new to sort of. Uh, shake hands with everybody and introduce ourselves. So we wrote a document and uh, introduced the three members of the ownership group um, and told about who we are and what we what we do in life and you know put out our mission statement and you know talked about our brand and why we feel we're the best uh, choice for the expan- expansion process. So that went out to all of the owners uh, early this week. And so we did that, you know, to get to get our name out there. We are currently in the process of networking ownership. Um, each of us has teams that we're assigned to and uh, that we're trying to reach out to. So we have a chance to talk to them so that we hear from them. What are they looking for in a business partner? Uh, what do they see? Uh, what are they looking for in a successful expansion bid? Um, and, and we're looking for advice from them on how they, you know, their successes, their shortcomings, where the case may be, things that we can do better so that our organization um, 
benefits from it. And, um, you know, I have a call scheduled for tomorrow morning uh, with the creditors, with the owner of the creditors, and I'm looking forward to, you know, have a chance to talk to him. And, um, so that's kind of where we are right now. You know, when we've, we've taken, you know, we've tried to be proactive a little bit, but we also know, too, that uh, there will probably be, uh, in addition to the um, paper application, I'm sure there'll be maybe a phone call or a Zoom meeting or something where we're sitting down and talking about who we are and, and what we believe in and uh, how we might best fit into the league. And we look forward to all of that. Yeah, and I, that's why I asked because for those who may be interested or understanding the process, I think that's key, right? And um, I think, again, even myself, right? Like I told you, future, I would love to, to know exactly what this may take. And it, it may change, right? There might be small nuances that change through the seasons of how this experience will be versus season 17 and 18 and 19 and so on and so forth, right? But it's really cool to kind of hear it and see it and see what that process looks like and the time and the effort that you're talking about and, you know, what really takes to do that. And you're right. It is about owner. It is about relationships. I think some folks don't understand that if you don't have the right relationships. And I don't mean it's a kiss, kiss, butt type of relationship. I mean, an actual relationship where you're just trying to gain this. And I think owners take take that a lot better because you're not just saying, here's my team. Here's my team. Push it in, in your face. You're like, hey, you know, what did it take to get here? How did you get there? You know, what was the creative outlet that you decided? Charleston is, is a great organization as well. And I really don't have nothing bad to say about any organization. If I'm if I'm to be 100% frank with you, every organization puts in the effort to get where they're at. I know there's folks in general chat that have certain feels about certain organizations and whatnot. And you can have your opinions, right? Just like... You know, everybody else has their opinion. But if you really look at each person's ownership of their team and the effort they put in and the people they have put in place, you start having a a genuine appreciation of how they got there. And I think that's a better route to go there and have a better understanding of what you need, not just simply to get the bid, but to create success because there's teams out here who've been here from the dawn of time. There's players who play right now who's been here since the dawn of time. Uh, the tight end for Arizona, Bovine, been here since the beginning. You know, Oklahoma City uh, Renegades. Or you got uh, uh, Deacon Nickens, who was the owner of, you know, Cleveland and Dallas and all those teams, right? And he's been here since the beginning. So it's really cool when you get to kind of see all that together and figure out what it really takes to create a team and the evolution of that. And uh, seeing your process of going through the bids, too, it's, it's really cool to see. And hopefully somebody's gaining some knowledge of it and, and, and vice versa. Now, what, before we get to the final last thoughts and I, and I roll the red carpet for you so you may be able to share whatever you need to share and Discord names and, you know, information of that sort. Uh, what other what other ideas for a team did you like? Not just so much as ideas of the team in general how we kind of walk through the different, you know, the bulls and, and cities and all that stuff. What I mean is like, what are you hoping to overall, not just contribute in a sense of wins and viewerships and, and, and gaining more subscriptions, but what is your vision for 
the wild to be able to accomplish? Did you want them to be more of a new age pushing the envelope to be kind of the the new latest and greatest in a sense? So like new concept and ideas come from your organization or did you want to be more of like what, what like those kind of things? Like what exactly did you want the wild to really stand for uh, when it comes down to the, the team itself? Opportunity. Um, you know, we're looking for an opportunity in a, in a league that's been established and uh, full of folks that have been around for quite a while. Uh, and I know that they're, they, they look for experience. Uh, we're looking for a chance. And, uh, you know, I think that's uh, a strength of ours. Um, but we, we want to mirror that with the people that we would bring on board, both as coaching and, and as players, that uh, we're about opportunity. And that, uh, you know, if you, wanna, if you have a dream that there's something you want to do with our league, um, we want to try to find some way to help you get there. Even if it's uh, entry level in the beginning, and then maybe you transition to someplace else to uh, uh, get to the end result that you really look for, um, we want to be seen as a place where uh, opportunity exists. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's great, right? Like us in Portland, we want to give folks an opportunity to really get see, get knowledge in the right way, right? And and be very transparent. I think again, if you don't meet the right people in this league, you're not going to get that knowledge. You're not. There's people out there that don't want to share it to you. Either one way, shape, or form, because they want to keep a competitive edge, or they want to, you know, say they want to see if you're really serious about this. They don't want you to just take information and run with it. But for us in Portland, like we want our players to have transparency. Okay, I don't want to sit here and BS you. I don't want to sit here and make you be like, oh, was well, this what they're thinking? Is this and that? No, ask us. We'll tell you what we're thinking. We'll tell you what our plans are, because uh, our plans are really. It's in my best benefit of my players. My players mean everything to me, right? And I think a general manager needs to think that way. If you don't care about your players, you, you just put them as a number. Oh, that's that's so and so, and he's at a uh, uh, he's a gold star, and blah blah blah, and he has this animation and that animation. You're doing this wrong. You got to listen to your players and say, who do you want to be in this league? And like you said, yeah. taking to their strengths and taking them what they want to do, and then also collaborating, right? Nobody wants to pay money and you tell me this is what my progression needs to be. Who's going to do that? Then why, why am I paying for it? You want me to be this specific thing. Versus doing it as a collaboration and growing with each other and making my player the best because this is what he wants to do. And then working a game plan around that and sharing the vision of what we expect and what we're trying to do. And it's kind of right. The whole concept of into the shipyard is there because of that reason. Right to give that viewpoint, to give that that situation to folks to really uh, get the inside of it, and for potential players who want to come to this to to our organization to see what we're about. Consistency, you know, we are consistent. We we do talk about it as like you're not going to have the owner say something different from me or from from Mel. You're not. We're on the same page. And that speaks value for, for, for an organization to have everybody on the same page. Because everybody has different viewpoints. But you got to come together for the common cause. And you have to hear everybody's viewpoint to be there. 
like I told you, there's gripes. If you hear me, you know, talking with 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 Kevin Say, there's gripes that some of my employees have with some of the SFLM situations and how some people can walk off the street and get a gold contract. I'm hearing that out, and I'm trying to figure out a way to help the league grow from that. So that's not a gripe for the future, right? And we don't have these people who are paying money feeling like they're getting an unfair advantage when they can find a loophole. Don't want that to yeah. be the case because I want the best for the league. And um, not to ramble on and whatnot, because I want to give you your time before the podcast ends to kind of share the last thoughts. And, you know, you're always welcome to come back to the show, Dave. Um, you know, if you do get your bid, come back, let's celebrate together uh, and whatnot. But uh, I think that's kind of the key piece that I like to share with folks. And the concept of this podcast and this live show and everything is yes it's to, it's to give people exposure yes it's to give people to know people it's yes also to get knowledge from it that you probably won't get um and hopefully you're listening to gain that but it's also to 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 hear what will really make some organizations great and really make this that special of, a, of an opportunity for people so um with that being said dave the floor is yours right i'm rolling out the red carpet um, this is your time to shine, your time to plug in the wild and, um, and, and tell people how they can find you if they are interested in, in, in figuring out your journey to, to, to getting a, a potential bid for the, for next season. Okay. Well, you know, just, uh, again, the West Virginia wild is, uh, going to, uh, emphasize relationships and culture and, and try to represent our state well. Uh, we're also going to try to give people opportunities to, to grow within our organization. Um, we really believe in the idea that uh, we're all working together to make the league great and that we'll all benefit from it if we're all uh, rowing the same way. And, and we believe in that. That's our part of our mission statement. Um, and we're really excited you know, about the opportunity. If, if you, know, you touched on earlier about how this is not really like Madden, if it was – if it was that, I don't know that I'd be having this conversation with you now. Uh, the fact that it uh, is close to reality is important to us, and we want to we want to provide that experience to the people that that we have uh, in our coaching staffs and on our teams, you know, within our roster as well. So we're we're uh, looking forward to finishing up the bid process and seeing what that looks like and getting more feedback and if it uh, works out for us this time that's great and if it takes a time or two uh, that's that's fine too you know we're we're uh we're committed that's awesome and then how can they get to you if they're on discord right i don't know if you have a twitter set up i think you do you i do follow you i just followed you recently and thank you for following me back um yeah but uh, if you want to plug the Twitter and if you want to plug the Discord, um, so people, even if they maybe not interested in just joining you, the organization, but getting to know that journey that you have, because we, we only have a small period of time, right? I don't have, unfortunately, forever to do this, but I do want you to share those plugs. So if people want to get in contact with you, they can or follow your journey so far. Uh, they also have the opportunity as well. Um. My Discord handle is uh, Coach Bar, so I'm pretty easy to find that way. Uh, and we have a Twitter account, and uh, it is um, 
WVW underscore SFL uh, is our Twitter handle. So uh, you can find us that way as well. It's a fairly new Twitter account, um, but it's out there. You know, it's, it's been made official and, and open now and that sort of thing. So we'd love to have you follow us. Uh, if you have questions about where you might sit with our organization, either as a player or uh, maybe in front office or in coaching or scouting or whatever, we would love to talk to you. Um, and we're actually trying to start get in, getting interviews going uh, for prospective coaching positions so that we can uh, flesh that thing out. We think that'll be a strong part of our bid is having, um, as, we, as we mentioned, really great minds and people that need opportunities. So uh, definitely track me down. You know, I'll be happy to talk to you. I think that's good. Uh... Dave, I think I think again you hit it on the head. I I like to just let folks know how they can connect with you because if they don't, um, then sometimes you lose that opportunity. And um, you know, again, I I I think everything that you touched on tonight was amazing. Uh, come back and see me again whenever you're always welcome. Um, but I think it it was awesome, and and then to speak to Annapolis brother of mine uh, is even great as well. So I wish you yeah. the best. Um, if you have any more questions, you know you can always hit me up. Um, my Discord name yeah. is Nelson Lozano, Portland GM. Um, I know it's kind of long, but I take pride in what I do, and I take pride in my title, and I take pride in my team. So, um, well, with that being said, Dave, I hope you have a wonderful night. Um, I'll, I'll be watching you closely, and, and you know, always stay in contact, uh, right? Because Again, I'd love to see your successes, and one day our paths may cross. You never know, and uh, and I always like to keep that door open. So with that being said, you have a good night, Dave. Thank you again. I appreciate it. And if anybody in Jacksonville wants to come on the show, let them know they're more than welcome. Just contact me so we can get that situated, all right? Thank you so much. No problem. You have a wonderful evening. All right, you too. So again, everybody, I want to thank both of my guests. Um, running back Kevin Say, Ottawa Calvary, um, thank you again for stopping by. Um, thank you for sharing your experiences, everything else from there. And I'll be really pulling for you. And uh, Dave Barr, you know, the potential bid owner of the West Virginia Wild, thank you again. Um, I appreciate it, right? I appreciate all my listeners who, who took the time to listen and everything else. And I really hope you gain knowledge from this, right? Like that's, that I always feel like it, it needs to be the case because honestly, if we can learn and you can get some knowledge out of this, that's amazing. That's awesome. I do want to touch up before we cut this off and cut this uh, and cut the show already. Uh, Cam has his, his own podcast. Uh, it's uh, GM Unplugged, which comes on on Wednesdays. Um, I wish I knew the time. Maybe I should ask next time when before I, I, I announce that, but I think it's a cool concept, um, being able to kind of, how do I put this, make it unofficial to really get to know Cam, and then him going ahead and recognizing some of us of what we do uh, every day or every week or whatever the case may be for the for the league. So if you haven't heard it already, go ahead and take a listen for Cam. Um, I thought it was amazing, funny stuff. Wants me to do a photo shoot. Uh, if I did the photo shoot cam, uh, we would sell millions. Uh, I think that would be the hottest calendar to hit the streets 
Um, and you may have to restock a couple times. Uh, you may have to make different additions. I think that's how hot it will be. Uh, the tight end calendar with Mike Daggs, myself, uh, Frank franchise, I think would be great. Uh, uh, um, well, a uh, Garrett from, uh, uh, from, uh, Fort Worth, right. With this cowboy hat, you know, with the sexy look, uh, Robert Garrett Jr. I think, again, you have some great personalities in this league and, I just want to take a moment to uh, recognize Cam's podcast because I think, again, that's awesome to share. Uh, yeah, and if you ever need to connect with me, like I said, Nelson Lozano, uh, Portland Fleet GM, I'm here asking questions. I always love to talk to people, uh, but at the same time, too, I represent uh, Portland Fleet uh, till, till, till <laughs> I can't no more, right? Until Jacob says, I'm taking your keys away. You don't have an office no more and uh, get out of my organization. But until then, uh, I bleed orange and blue. Um, and hopefully you guys are able to also gain what Portland's about. Portland's about the community. Portland's about the players. Portland's about my, our players' happiness, our players' dedication, our players' ownership to our league uh, and our, to our, our organization. And um, doing this together, right, and, and making you who you want to be in and taking the vision of what we want to do and what you want to do and making it a reality and, and being on the same page and taking a piece of our team and being that foundation. Because I think Jacob said it best, uh, we're nothing without them. We're nothing without our players. We're nothing without our coaches. We're nothing without our front office. We're nothing. There is no Portland fleet without them, but there's also no Portland fleet without our fans. So with that being said, thank you to everyone. Thank you to all my guests. To Mel showing up tonight, uh, to all our fans and to everybody in between, thank you. I appreciate it. Until next Friday, um, I will see you again. Um, we'll have a, another great show like we always do every Friday, and you have a wonderful weekend. All right. Shout out to the Portland Fleet and good night, SFL Nation. I'll catch you later. Bye.